All right, hello, surprise. Welcome to a very special edition of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. My name's Stephen Hill, as ever, still the same name. Um, my co-host's name is still Renfrey Deadman. Can't believe he's still yeah. going by that shit. Such a ridiculous right. name. Yeah. One name, your the whole Im- life. The amount, of pe- <laughs> the amount of people who think that Renfrey Deadman is a, a pseudonym. Yeah. Oh, it's embarrassing. Mm. But it's if not. I had a pseudonym, it would be Sue Dinham. <laughs> oh, my good. A little bit of comedy to kick off what is a very, very serious, very serious and quite uh, interesting podcast that we have coming up for you today. Um, usually, of a Friday when we do our weekly show, we review all of the records that are released uh, together as one. Um, but there has been one other occasion when we haven't done that. Um, last year, we put out a special chat and review of Devin Townsend's fucking excellent Empath record because we just felt that there was so much going on within that record that it needed its own special podcast all for itself. I think history has proved us correct. Yeah. In that case, I mean, I still feel like I'm getting a grip on Empath, to be honest. So, you know, it's a a hell of a thing, that record. Um, So occasionally records like that, for whatever reason, they drop and they are probably worth a very long and detailed discussion. That's fair, isn't it, Renfrey? Absolutely, yeah. Which is why today we're giving you this podcast, which is solely dedicated to the fourth album by the Pittsburgh-based hardcore band Code Orange. The record is called Underneath. And later on, after Renfrey and I have finished chatting about the record, um, you will be able to hear both of us in conversation with Reba and Jamie from the band. We sat down with both of them and we talked about the ins and outs of this record. So definitely do stick around for that because it was a really good chat. It was great. Yeah, yeah. We had a chat with them. was it, was it end of January? Around January sort yeah, of time. Yeah, January. It was early, early morning. We were like the first ones. So we got them when they were you know, full of enthusiasm for the... I yeah. It was like quarter to nine in the morning. It was pretty... It was early. really early, yeah. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a very, very good chat. And that'll be um, at the end of this, the mm. audio version of this. Uh, we don't have that on video, but yeah, um, sorry if you're that. watching this on video and you want to hear that, download the fucking audio version. Of yeah, that. dude. Renfrey, let's talk about Code Orange uh, before we get into it and the path that has led us here to this new record. Code Orange for me, I think both of us have said it numerous occasions uh in the past year or and a half or however long we've been doing this podcast just one of the most exciting bands in heavy music and when we bemoan heavy music which we have had a tendency to do mm-hmm. over the last year and a bit mm-hmm. when we go it would be really nice to feel like metal and hardcore and punk is doing something new and fresh and exciting often the majority of the time our fingers point to code orange and go why can't you be more like that um well it just seems to be the natural one to the the natural band to point to um after forever came out we've said this loads on the show but after forever came out there was a spate of copycats um releases from the likes of jesus peace uh vain to a degree Mm. i Um, think like i mean you know i think Maybe in in those two bands' cases, copycat feels a little bit harsh. I, I would am... say certainly uh, influence. I would. I think as much as I like, say, the Leached album. I think mm. we're getting to the point now where you can hear it on most hardcore bands. Like Leached are a band who are not even necessarily a hardcore band, yeah. But yet borrowed heavily. And again, 
great records. It's probably using. But they borrowed heavily from the last Code Orange record. Using the term copycat is probably a little bit harsher than I intend to be. But mm-hmm. but yeah, but what? But effectively, it's very difficult to think of a singular record in modern times that has for better or worse i think we both agree better although there are absolutely people out there who think for worse but Mm -hmm. you know um that has influenced a scene a genre a subgenre so defiantly like i mean it just feels like a whole spate of bands either either formed or just change direction and and predominantly it's this whole thing of trying to get electronics into the uh, a heavy rock heavy metal i was trying to avoid saying heavy metal into a heavy hardcore sound yeah and make it sound um like that like rather than them just being sprinkled on top and not and being like a weaved bit of, into yeah weaved into it. the fabric of it absolutely yeah, yeah um yeah. I would say the only other record for me in terms of the blatant sort of borrowing of sound in the last decade that forever had uh, as competition would probably be Sempaternal by Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, that's probably now, fair. Now, it's obviously a very different bands mm. who nicked that sound from Bring Me the Horizon. Mm. But when you think of how huge Bring, like Bring Me the Horizon were playing Wembley Arena in the UK uh, off uh, at the end of the Sempaternal um run you know and um they're a big 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 band so obviously their contemporaries and their peers are probably going to look at that and go oh yeah that seems like a sensible thing to do code orange you know started this run of forever being just another hardcore band i mean i saw them uh when i on the i, I saw them three or four times when i am king was out um, the last time being probably about six months before Forever came out, maybe even a little bit less than that. And they were main support to Bane at the Underworld. And then at the end of that run, they were at the Grammys. Yeah. I mean, that as an achievement in itself it's ridiculous. is fucking mental. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. And it's something which... I don't think a lot of people have really stopped to realize how quick that not mm. even quick the ascent was but it was a it was a massive leap which which was made huge unusually through artistic um uh merit, br- merit yeah. rather than you know having the right uh fingers in the right pies basically mm. um yeah how did you feel or how do you feel i should say about i am king at this point as well i think we should go back that was kind of the first time where i was not uh, aware i was aware of code orange but it's the first time i mean you know i i played the title track from that on the radio at about half seven in the morning one day <laughs> which uh didn't get down so well but um i you know i really kind of believed in it at that point but i believed in it in as much as i believed in quite a few bands that were around at that point yeah i think it's a very good record yeah i don't think there were any suggestions that it was that the leap from i am king to forever would happen necessarily definitely gonna happen yeah yeah yeah. um i went back to i am king again for the first time in a while Mm. um after receiving the promo for this record and um it's a really good hardcore record but yeah, it doesn't it really uh it doesn't give any indication of where code orange were going to be five six five to six years later six years, 
Um, there are songs on there. Um, I've had a brain fart and I can't remember the name of it, but track seven uh, on I Am King should remain in their set for the rest of time. Um, I think there are songs which if they dropped them from that album, I would be uh, bummed out. But mm. having said that, the leaps and bounds that they've made since that record. And let's, you know, I Am King was really well received in yeah. the press. Like really, really well, like, but... It was well received in a kind of this is a really good hardcore record. Yeah. It wasn't well received in a holy shit, this is the future of heavy music mm. way. Hardcore had no real mainstream I mean, particularly at that point, hardcore. You could say metalcore did a bit, that kind of modern sounding metalcore that you and I have very limited um time for. Yep. That had a bit of a presence of that. It felt like that was kind of dwindling a bit. You yep. know, when you look at the bands that were tips certainly in the uk from around that period while she sleeps released brainwashed which i think is i still think it's probably their best record didn't really move them on in the way that they were expected to be moved on when um this is a six came out and that's just the first one off the top of my head obviously partway drive radically changed style around that period you know from within um, the constraints of metal within yeah. the constraints of metal but you know they yeah. be they became far <laughs> less of a metalcore band yeah. you know like it's not an obvious you know they're drawing from Radiance Machine and I Maiden and stuff like just, that. Just just a quick aside, two quick asides actually. Uh, first aside, that song's actually track six and it's My World. Second oh, yeah, aside, great, second aside. In your opinion, do you think Parkway Drive or While She Sleeps are as artistically pushing boundaries as much as Code Orange? No. Good, because neither do I. No. By a long no, no, fucking no. way. No, 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 not not. I mean, I I. I have a great deal of love for both of those bands. Yeah, more more uh, the reason I asked you is because you more so yeah. than I do. I, I and I was really wondering like, what you thought about that. I think I would I could probably say I like everything both of those bands have ever put out. They're both really great bands. Mm -hmm. But um well there's you know uh, the Hope Conspiracy are a really great band. They're not Converge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, American Nightmare are really great bands. They're yep. not converged. Absolutely. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about Code Orange at this point. Um, and the, I think to, then to go on to Forever, uh, I mean, I didn't, like I say, I didn't really see that coming. And it felt like a fucking neutron bomb was just detonated on the metal scene. And, the, and, and, and it's no coincidence to me that in the, the aftermath of that, which is, you know, a lot of people have borrowed from the sound of Code Orange. But it's no coincidence to me that so many bands uh, have not just come out and made good records, because, you know, we've spoken about Sea Space Cowboys, spoken about Gift from God, spoken about Renounce, we've spoken about Vane, we've spoken about Jesus Peace, we've spoken about Turnstile. I think Turnstile were probably the only band who you could go, they're different enough, but unique enough, but somehow related by, mm. by scene alone to yeah. feel like they could actually go you know could kind of hang with code mm, orange mm, for me yeah you I, got knocked loose obviously becoming mm. pretty much one of the biggest ones which you know <laughs> no offense to not like you know i feel like i'm sort of i, I double down on like always mentioning knock loose it's mm. it's only because they're you know they're like i again i reviewed that record in metal hammer i gave it eight i think it's a good record mm, it's mm. it's what you said about i am king it's a good hardcore record mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it will never be anything more than a good hardcore record to me. And that's not an insult to that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's not an insult at all. You're Mr. Hardcore. I love hardcore. 
I love how I'm going to be talking to you about earth crisis in about an hour. You are, like, yeah, you know, yeah. fucking brilliant they are. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> which I'm sure you're really <laughs> excited about. Um, yeah, but, uh, <clears throat> this is, this is a, this is a different thing to me. Um, so. And I, I don't think you can look at the commercial strides that hardcore bands have made and link it back. You can't not link it back to forever. You can't. Yes, I think I'd agree. Although how in the grand, grand, grand terms of the music industry as a whole, taking everything into account, how grand do you think those strides are? I think they're... They're, they're considerable for for what those bands are mm-hmm. like i mean i've had this chat a lot of times over the years that you know hardcore has never really had a big mainstream moment it's never had that there were times in you know it, i mean obviously when people talk about go right back to black flag and minor threat and you know the kind of 80s bands no one was going to you know they showed they were they were underground shows like those oh, shows yeah. were pulling in no you know they weren't on the cover classic classic scenes. example classic example of those shows where a thousand people say they went but in reality only 50 people yeah did. of course you know <clears throat> like those were cool shows i, I went to those black flag shows did you? every yeah, single yeah, one too. Of them. Yeah, yeah i did yeah i saw the black flag show in um in seattle where buzz from the melvins was there and oh yeah all those guys yeah. The, and then the grunge going there. yeah i think that was that was a couple of years before i was born but i was there <laughs> yeah i actually was born which is fucking depressing but <laughs> no it's not good i'm glad um uh but you know th- you know that was never a mainstream thing no. that happened years and years and years later like what well, you know it was basically nirvana and everyone went back and went oh we should probably yes. get an husband do yes you should right um and you should, you should yeah and then you got that kind of thing in the 90s where it's not really hardcore, but I guess Biohazard had a bit and they were sort of related, but they're not really properly considered a hardcore band or Life of Agony. Hung around with those bands, but I wouldn't call either of them strictly hardcore bands. Mm. I, wouldn't even, I, mean? I wouldn't say they even broke through in a commercial sense either. No, I mean, they, really? they did some, yeah, but they... they I think comparatively, uh, comparatively sure, but but I I think my question was in the in yeah. the music industry as a whole. I'm lo- I'm looking at we're bringing in Taylor Swift here. We're bring, we're bringing in okay, fine. And then you've got Hatebreed. I think really mm-hmm. the first time you get a hardcore mm-hmm. band uh, again, you know, sick of it all, um, mm-hmm. playing on the MTV a bit and signing to a major. It's not really much. Hatebreed were the first band that it felt like lots of people who knew metal knew of. And got a bit of hype and then you know i feel like there were there were a bunch of bands who over the years had little moments where it looked like something might happen obviously the refuse reformation was a big deal um yeah two uh, nights at the forum yeah is, is let, not inconsequential let live got a lot of hype if you mm. count them as a hardcore band i'm not really sure if we count them as a strictly as a hardcore band, you know? I view Let Live as a hardcore band, but I understand what you're saying. Mm. But yeah, you know, they're not agnostic front, are they? No, I'm saying there's more no. to it than yeah. if you're going, I want to start getting into hardcore. But it, depend, it, depend, it depends how broad your yeah, your idea of hardcore is. You well, know, I mean, some people will be very narrow, but it really is going to stay in its place if you're going to keep uh, having yeah, that attitude. So. Um, there's Gallows, yeah. obviously, as yeah. well. Um, the sort of for, post- signing for a million pounds on Warner yeah. Brothers. Mad. There's post-hardcore 
um, if that counts in the bits and bobs. Um, and then there's sort of nothing really. Do you know what I mean? There's sort of. No, I, I guess we should mention bands who kind of got big after the event. Glassjaw. Yep. Um, again, well, the, mis give... the Misfits. What they're doing now is obviously far bigger than. Are they a hardcore band? Definitely not. But like you know, it's another example of somebody getting big way after the event um at the drive i mean again at the driving they're not a hardcore band strictly mm, um post hardcore post, yeah. Anything, yeah. so i mean we're we're, we're scrabbling yeah you know yeah, after already. a couple of yeah, minutes yeah, 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 of yeah, trying yeah. to think of who are the biggest hardcore band we're scrabbling because it's just never really happened hmm. i would say in terms of the popularity they had on a mainstream in in the metal scene at, at, at large the own the, the biggest ones to me have been hatebreed yeah, probably. In in like the current thing. Yes, I know you're typing, you're fucking getting me on Twitter going, Black Flag are bigger than, yeah, Black Flag are bigger than Avery. Yes, I know. But in terms of like, they release an album and lots of people buy it. Lots of people go to the shows at that time. I think it would probably be Hatebreed. Well, as you said, Black Flag and those bands came big, bigger after the fact, whereas mm -hmm. Hatebreed are still a going concern. Maybe Kill Switch Engage as well. That counts. Uh, again, that's a funny one. Oof. Mm, maybe, maybe, yeah. They're more of a metal band to me, yeah. although I do not discredit their roots in the hardcore scene. Yeah. So, um, hardcore has never had a genuine, like th this band undoubtedly are a hardcore band and it's never broken through to the extent of the same way as, I don't know, pop punk or new metal or you know grunge or whatever there's n that's n that's never happened to hardcore before and you wonder is if it's ever going to happen do you know what i mean you, you sort of go does that mean it's just not ever going to happen i don't wonder if it's ever going to happen because i don't think it is mm. not to put a black mark on this from the beginning because i want to uh extol the virtues of this record but um i think the music industry is too different a beast these days for anything to push through into a major 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 way and even when things do push through in a major way they do so in two seconds and then they're gone again mm -hmm. because there is so much I, I don't what does anything really properly break big anymore in the way that it used to not in the way that it used to i think it's a different type of thing mm. i think hardcore as a scene metal as a scene it might be difficult Do you know what i watched yesterday mm. which is relative it's just sort of popped into my head i watched life after death from above 1979 which is a documentary on amazon prime about death from above 1979 nice Death from above 1979 played for like 18 months as a band and then split up and then came back and they're playing Bricks Academy. They're playing Coachella. I saw them at Under Duran Duran. <clears throat> yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kanye West, Duran Duran, Death from Above 1979 yeah. at Coachella yeah. on the main stage. That's their comeback show. Yeah. Right? Fucking mad. Mm. Um, again, that's a band who obviously their legend kind of grew as they're away. But, but, but they only released one album. So we don't really know what potentially could have happened to them. And I look at an oddity of a band like Death and Above 1979. And I just think, well, you're so weird. 
Yeah. That you might have just gone, well, we exist totally in isolation from everything else. Yeah, we're a bit punk. Yeah, we're a bit rock and roll. Yeah, we're a bit sort of garage rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're this weird duo with a singing drummer and a bass player, and that's it. And we've done all these sort of weird dance remixes of our songs. It's weird enough for people to really latch onto it. Mm. And I only say that because I do feel the same about Code Orange. I do think that they're unusual enough, even within a scene that is desperately trying to copy them, to be kind of an ocean that people who don't care about this scene or this music will go, yeah, but they're good. Like you look at the rappers and the grime artists that are repping Code Orange t-shirts that are, you know, shouting them out. You look at the type of people who are retweeting the songs from this album when it came out. You look at the fact that, you know, Bray Wyatt from the WWE got them to write their themes, his theme song for them, right? That's an unusual thing for... Yeah. It's certainly things that people don't give them credit for. I mean, if anything, if you, if you like, I don't know if this is your experience, Steve, but like when talking to other bands about Code Orange, in many, many ways, they are by other bands. They're one of the most hated bands in the world. And I think that is, I've had two, two different types of experiences with talking about Code Orange uh-huh. and other bands. And that is what you're saying. And people who are, are scared of them. Yeah kind of scared of them and i think actually the people that hate them i think there are people who go oh my god they're so good i wouldn't be able to talk to be in the same room with them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. to give him a shout out here i hope he doesn't mind this but will from black peaks when they played brixton academy we kind of um because i know some of the people at roadrunner and stuff are very nice they gave us really nice passes and stuff and um we kind of went up and i went to kind of knock and be like hi to code orange and and will was like I don't know if I can meet them. They're quite intimidating and stuff. But he loves them. He fucking loves them. But he did feel genuinely like, I feel quite intimidated by meeting this band. Mm. And I was like, mate, you're like fucking six, seven years older than them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're on Radio 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're they're not, you know, you should be walking in, in in the UK, Black Peaks are at least as big. Oh, probably bigger than in Code the UK. Orange. In the UK at the moment, as we record this, Black Peaks are bigger than Code Orange. Yes, yeah, I mean, at, the, at the moment, that soon. may well change. Yeah. But the, at the moment, they are bigger. Yeah. And yet, Will kind of walked in, <laughs> and was like, "Hi, oh, like a, like a like a fan." Right, right, right. It's mad. I. I but it's because you listen to it and you like go. I, how do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> I don't want to give the impression um, that all bands like hate them or anything like that. But no. so, yeah, I totally agree. You either get other bands are either in awe of what they're doing and think it's absolutely fucking amazing or just dismiss them and will come up with some sort of like... I want to talk about that a little bit later. Oh, we definitely will. Yeah. Um, um, kind of excuse to dismiss them and say that it's rubbish. And look... Code Orange are not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but all good, all brilliant music, all brilliant art is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think those that dismiss um, them out of hand the are, monster. are just 
I think I think they're just jealous. I really, really do. It's not often that I, I think when you slag something off, it means, oh, you must be jealous. It's not often that I think that. I think that's usually... I agree. It's usually a really lazy thing. Like when you go, oh, Ollie Murs is a wanker. Mm. People go, oh, you're so jealous. It's like, oh, I don't want to be Ollie Murs. No, who, the, who wants to be Ollie Murs? I'll sit next to Will I Am on The Voice. No, thanks. No. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, but I definitely want to do that. But in this instance... Yeah. They're looking at Code Orange and they're going, you're really difficult and weird and everyone seems to be flocking to you. And more, I'm in a heavy band too. Why Why am I not? Well, that's kind of why I bring it up because, you know, some of those bands that I'm talking, I mean, I'm not going to name any of them, but some of those bands I'm talking on. about. There was one in particular that I am going to name later on. Uh-oh. Um, not so, in a nasty way. I like the band, but I just think it's it, 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 it's this. So okay. We'll talk about that uh, but some of them, you know, I... I, I I, I, for example, I know people who uh, I'm often asked, you know, what are records that I need to check out? Um, it's very, very, very early in the year. But uh, people have asked me, what are your favorite records of the year so far? Now, mm. this is not me declaring anything in terms of 2020 or anything like that, because it is only the beginning of March as we talk. Yeah. Um, but the first thing that I say in terms of 2020 records and as at, at the moment, my favorite record of the year by far is this new code orange record and when people ask me what is coming up soon that they need to check out first first thing out of my mouth for the last two months we've had this Mm -hmm. has been code orange yep and the reaction is either like oh i can't wait for that record or oh come on that's not your album of the year like as as in literally people go come on i've even been accused by some bands been accused by some bands who have been on this podcast of been uh i gave forever my it was forever was my album of the year uh mm-hmm. when i was at the independent yep. and uh, a member of a band um said that uh I, I asked i think jovially but asked if roadrunner had given me a cash payout to give them album of the year which you know I that, get into, yeah let me just get into this now actually that, that kind up. of thing historically happened in the music industry I absolutely assure you these days, I reckon in the 21st, the majority of the 21st century just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. Mm. And, you know, there'll be people who'll be like, well, of course you would say that. No, it doesn't. It's happen. a mad thing to think. It just, there, it, it, there isn't the money in the industry anymore for that to happen. Mm. It, it, it like, and if, if bands, if bands or PRs or managers or, or and it usually it's PRs or managers or whatever, but if they do try to sort of sway you in way in a way, it will be nice seats or it will be, do you want to go over to Germany to review them? Yeah, Motley Crue mug. Motley Crue, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know, it, it which, won't, which worked to be fair. It won't be a cash, pay, it won't be a cash payout. Mm. It won't be a little money and, you know, so just just to clear that up and i you know the person who accused me of that i made sure that uh he knew full well that that was not what happened at all here's my thoughts on this right is that code orange exist in when i say code orange exist in a unique spot this is what i mean about this right is that i was on apple music after we, we reviewed the sightless pit record um, last week which you should go and listen to it's, it's a excellent. fucking great record yeah. right it is members of the body of full of hell and linguita igniter yeah. getting together and making just a really horrible noise right now they uh there was a it was called like dark noise or something 
on Apple Music and it's a playlist, really cool playlist, had loads of just very discordant, horrible, kind of nasty sounding sludgy metal bands some gothy bands some co- like stuff like justiques uh ah. which you know who i'm i really like i've been a fan for ages mm-hmm. so you know like electronic music as well but all of it was really kind of cool cutting edge dark harsh music right um and underneath the title track from this record yeah was was on that playlist, right? So they were existing, which is, which is one of alongside most, one bands, of the most commercial yeah, songs on this Robin, record. <laughs> yeah, Robin Gristle, Suicide, bands like that. Like it went all the way back to Bauhaus, stuff like that on it as well, right? And Code Orange sat comfortably, comfortably amongst those bands and amongst something as abrasive and vile sounding and and hurtful as Sightless Pit, right? And even as you said, one of the most commercial sounding songs on this record sat comfortably amongst that playlist right now you couldn't take any other of those those songs on that playlist and put that in a playlist of you know modern metal radio mainstream classics you couldn't stick that with bring me the horizon or five finger death punch you couldn't stick any of those other bands in that playlist you could stick this song in with that playlist very people forget people forget the type of music that got them into heavy music in the first place absolutely you know we can sit here as I'm 40 in a few weeks. You're in your 30s. We 35. speak to a lot of people in our mid to late 30s. And a lot of them go, oh, well, I like Converge now. Or, I, I like, you know, Oathbreaker now. Or, I, I like this, you know, whoever. What, I like, you know, The Armed or whatever. They're the, they're the best band. And this, oh, it's a bit too commercial. It's a bit too blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, well, don't you think it's a bit silly that they've done? Like, you, you can say all that shit as much as you want like oh you know it, it's catchy and it's melodic and it's got like i need stuff that's m- far more challenging this and you can be snobby about it you didn't get into napalm death or em- you know your first metal bands were not napalm death or emperor or celtic frost or fucking neurosis or today's a day or any of those bands they were linkin park they were papa roach they were system of a down they were megadeth they were and megadeth you know a challenging band but a band who can be played on the radio. Yeah, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Guns N' Roses, Judas Priest. All of these bands are big. Like They're the bands that you first got into when you got into metal, yep. right? Now, there seems to have been over the last decade or so this flip where there is commercial-sounding mainstream metal which artistically does nothing for most people. <laughs> and for, for, for us included, right? We're very rarely nice about the very, very biggest, most popular releases in mainstream metal right it doesn't happen very often no. we quite we we like the last slipknot album we both mm-hmm. thought that was pretty good yep we like uh i mean does tool count i suppose tool counts are really nice. i think we have to count tall we at have this to point. count tall yeah. um and you know bands have been around for fucking ever when you think of the really big bands we like the last corn record we like the last corn record much Again, more than i thought a we band would. who have been around for fucking ever mm. when you think of who were the big much more modern bands i like partway drive a lot hell mm-hmm. of a lot um bring me i like bits of it's mm-hmm. been a long time now you think in like seven eight years since they put out something which i actually really like um that being sempaternal yeah uh bands are asking alexandria no absolutely like not. bands like i mean you know we we spoke about five finger death punch last week i kind of have a grudging amount of respect for the fact that five finger death punch have managed to turn themselves into this you know kind of huge cartoony loony bands that uh you know sort of 
but is it artistic? You know, do I want to listen to it at home? Does it yeah, excite exactly. me? No, not really. There was, a, there was a sort of grudging respect for them getting where they have got. But in terms of artistic merit, I don't mm. think either of us think Five Finger Death Punch are any good at you all. You know, ditto someone like Alter Bridge. Yeah. Uh, and yet those bands are huge, right? Mm. They're not musically interesting, but they're fucking huge. Mm. But it used to be that, I mean, you look behind us, type of negative selling millions of records Metallica and Justice for All playing arenas on that record right yeah. fucking so awesome like it, it's just you listen back to System of a Down and how weird they were listen to Ministry or Nine Inch Nails or any of those bands and you go and there was a period where you could be both musically in, uh, interesting and unique and yet catchy and yeah. inclusive yeah. and everybody would go that this this sounds great and this is the reason like i i imagine i mean i i said before we started this that like you've you've been talking about this record almost every single week this yeah. record has come up we you know it has been talked about a lot and some people are probably already fed up of us talking about this album but the reason why but the reason <laughs> why we bang on about it is exactly that there are so few bands who have a chance of breaking through to some some sort of commercial appeal i think you have more faith in that happening um with code orange than i do which is nothing to be clear nothing to do with code orange it's mm. to, to do with how the industry is but you know we'll see um but a band who are potentially able to do that and who are artistically pushing things to a ridiculous degree, actually, m m if as much as, if not more so, than bands in the underground, these days, when does that ever happen? It rare. hardly ever happens. And that is the reason why we wang on and on and on and on about Code Orange. Yeah. Because they are one of the only examples currently in the world it's certainly in heavy music who are actually pushing things in an artistic direction in a really exciting way whether you like it or not it's undoubtedly not been done to this degree before um and um they might have an opportunity you know mm. i mean i don't know what, what well, sort they, of venues do you think they could do with i this think if they came back to the uk they play the electric ballroom which is 800 capacity i think they'd sell it out on the strength of this record, once people hear this record, and we haven't even started talking about the record yet. No, we haven't. In a second. Um, I, I, I think, you know, there is there is an, an opportunity for that to happen. I think that bands, you know, some of the bands that have, that have gotten to that level over time, Gojira, Lamb of God, I mean, you know, there are these outliers of yeah. bands who, I mean, I don't really think Lamb of God are as artistically interesting as code orange i think nope. gojira have a, sh a shot at but but the difference between say so here's what i was gonna say like the, the, so here's the difference for me between like code orange could could make an album that it sounds like Meshuggah worship and it would be really really technical and really loud and really um like a head fuck and you'd probably listen to it and go wow what a head fuck right but Meshuggah couldn't make this record absolutely i agree right and um, and not not to call him out at all. I mean, I know I am doing this, but not to call him out as, as like you arsehole or anything, because I don't even know him. But I saw the bass player from Botch. Uh, not from Botch, sorry, from Bosk, not Botch. The bass player from Bosk. Tom tweet, Bigley. Tweeted, um, <clears throat> New Code Orange sounds like bad spine shank. Mm -hmm. When Bosk can make a record 
with this level of ambition, I will listen and entertain tweets like that. Hmm. I'm sure, like, don't get me wrong, Bosca are a good band, right? Bosca are a good band. Bosca are a wonderful band. Bosca are a very good band. Bosca could make this record. Code Orange can make a Bosca record. Hmm. Yes, they could. I don't know, actually. I think they could. Hmm. And I think it's more of a challenge to be able to make... I, I, I certainly think it's more of a challenge to make this record than it is to make, say, Audio Noir, which is a fucking phenomenal album. Great record. Like, um, they are a great band, but I mm. don't like this kind of snobby... You know, like, you want to... There is absolutely no commercial appeal at all in Bosk's music. And that's fine. That's fine. Like, you are never going on tour with System of a Down. You are never going on tour with Slipknot. You are never playing headlining more to more than about three or 400 people. That's cool. Like, I love loads of bands that do that. That's absolutely fine. And if you want to stay in your little bubble of, like, underground hardcore brilliantness, that's absolutely fine as well. But let's not shit on a band who don't want that. Well, let's not yeah. shit on a band who are going, actually, no, we could stay and headline the underworld forever. Mm. Like Madball, come around every December and play the underworld and it sometimes be sold out and sometimes be three quarters full. We could be like unearthed and <laughs> played to the underworld in 20 years time to 15 people. We could do that. Yeah. Or we could take a fucking punt at <laughs> actually doing something which is going to appeal to not just fucking metal fans. And this is the thing that, like that this is why I have a modicum more belief. Well, quite a, obviously quite a great deal more belief in code orange than, than you do because you're thinking you're looking at it going, will metal fans accept this? Will metal fans take this? What will rock fans, what will hardcore fans think about this? And there'll be a lot of those kind of snidey, you know, like, Oh, I, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a, wear the same clothes that I wear all day band who play in front of 200 people. And, you know, we're a, we're a post Rocky band with absolutely no commercial aspiration whatsoever. Ergo, we're better than this, like quote unquote, sell out mainstream, whatever. Hmm. Right. Which is just such fucking nonsense. I can't be bothered to really entertain it. So I think there will be a backlash from a lot of metal fans. What I think code orange will do And I genuinely believe this because I've listened to the records, this record on headphones and I've not heard a metal band be produced like this. And we spoke the other week about Nova Twins and horror and these bands who are apparently melding electronics with metal and taking hip hop and taking pop. Yeah, well, they are doing that. They are, they are. Yeah, sorry. I say apparently. They are. They they are are doing that. But nobody has done it with the level of expertise that Code Orange have done. I think if you play horror to somebody who likes JPEG Mafia or Clipping, they go, what's that? I think if you play, if you go to Coachella and try and put the Nova Twins on, people go, they're a rock band. Those people who are into that sort of thing go, that's a rock band. Because that's what they sound like. They sound like rock bands. You know, I know you like Fever 333. I mean, a hell of a lot more than me. I think most people do. But Fever 333, to me, they sound like a rock band. They sound like a rock band incorporating elements of other things. There are moments on this record where Code Orange sound more like an electronic band and more like a modern hip-hop band than they sound like a rock band. The guitars and the drums are played like 90s Roadrunner record, heavy as fuck, Sepultura, type of negative, Life of Agony, that Fear Factory, that shit that I fucking love. And God bless them for bringing that style back. But there are also moments on it. I mean, there's a bit in, I was listening to it today, and the song track three, In Fear, Right, you put that on headphones. There's a bit where it breaks down, and it just does this thing. And I, 
I don't know what it is. It just goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. It sounds like someone, like a didgeridoo or something, but it's like an electronic didgeridoo. And I was like, and it's such a small thing and it, you don't even notice it when you first hear it because it's got like this, this bass line alongside it. But I was like, that sounds like something from, like when I try and listen to modern hip hop artists, I hear that weird shit in the background mm -hmm. and I hear it like sounding like that. And I've never listened to a metal record or a rock record that has tried to incorporate hip hop and gone, oh, you sound like JPEG Mafia. Um, in the words of Fox Mulder, uh, I want to believe and I want this to be, I'd love, I'd love nothing more than for this to explode and, and for, I mean, for, hey, for look, a band. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying <clears throat> that this is going to explode. Mm. All I'm saying is, they're playing Coachella, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. They're playing Coachella and they are going to... People who like SoundCloud rappers and fucking modern hip-hop and those angry, like, some like... I mean, I've seen videos of, like, Travis Scott shows, massive festival bills where people are losing their shit. And people are going to look at Code Orange and feel far more... Who, who are into shit like that. And they're going to feel far more like, yeah, I get this, than they are Rage Against the Machine. They just are. I think you are uh, misrepresenting how much the average Joe on the street doesn't like screams in screamed vocals. And I say I say this with no joy whatsoever, because I, I as but I mate, say, I would love to this a lot to be of massive. That, a lot of this modern hip hop, like a lot of it is not in this. Aggressive. Not in this. It's aggressive, but, but it's not screamed. It's aggressive. Aggressive is people can deal with aggressive aggression. They can't deal with screams. Yeah. And there is, a, to be clear, actually, there's a lot of melodic stuff there's on this fucking, record. Like, there say, is a lot of melodic hooks. stuff. On this record. There, oh, the all hooks. over the fucking place. There are, there, are hook, there are hooks all over the place. But that is why I, I and I really want to stress this. I would love to see this go massive in outside of the rock and metal world. I have doubts, not because of Code Orange's ability or Roadrunner's ability or anything like that. I have doubts because I have no faith in humanity. <laughs> to, to be to be super clear, I mean, I, I I know the Code Orange guys are going to listen to this, and I want to make that a really fun. And I'm not just saying that for, mm. because I want you know to pander down to Jamie or Reba or whatever. I do believe that it is um, people's fault that yeah not code orange's but, fault mate, but listen I, I but i think i don't think they're gonna be i don't think every single person who likes travis scott or kendrick lamar i mean kendrick lamar's a uh, pretty ridiculous person to bring up anyway in terms of how fucking heavy this is in comparison to his music but mm. i don't think anyone you know like <laughs> i i don't yes you're right i don't think that everybody who likes that type of thing is going to hear this and is going to go fucking crazy for it and they're all going to flock to Code Orange. But a few might. I think some might. And them getting on Coachella might. is wonderful. And I think there's enough of those people who like what they're doing. I mean, fucking Marilyn Manson turned up at a hip-hop all day recently and was lauded like some kind of god. Mm, mm. Right? You look at the artwork and the imagery that these people are putting out and that's as important and the other thing about code orange which again you know just got out the van just woke up and pulled a t-shirt on bands just don't seem to get is that they if they think about every minute tiny you can tell yeah 
Like, I mean, again, it's not a coincidence we've got this type of negative mm. final up here. Typo negative, like I was watching a, a, a documentary about typo recently and it was saying about how Pete Steele would sit down and spend four hours looking at the exact shade of green that he wanted for each typo negative album. Right. They'd sit down, they have 40, 50, 60 different shades of green and he'd be looking at it. And, and that kind of... they de- Well, just through talking to them, they definitely put that yeah, level of... that level of, of <clears throat> just obsessive, yeah. compulsive unwillingness to compromise on anything just absolutely permeates through everything Code Orange do. And, you know, and you can fucking hear it on this record. You can yeah, fucking hear it. You can. And I, I mean, I think I, I would love and I hope that in the UK, in London, by the end of the underneath cycle, I think it would be fucking wonderful and potentially realistic for Code Orange to headline the forum um and and this record is more than worthy of of being the material that should take them there Mm. i mean you know if 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 the world were right and everything was wonderful then they'd be the biggest band in the world but you know i think i think that could realistically happen yeah uh potentially and i I think they'd absolutely deserve that probably minimum to be honest and there are massive hooks i mean something that occurred to me re-listening to this record today the wonderful thing with the hooks on this record there are quite a lot of vocal hooks especially from reba i mean reba's contribution to this record is fucking immense it's wonderful but sometimes the hooks come from the most unexpected places there's a song um there's a song where the Jamie's symbols are the hook mm. uh, in a kind of, um, I'm trying to just find it now. Oh, there's a hook on, it's you and you alone. And there's this, just this sort of symbol beat for once of want of a better wor- word. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know exactly. What you, you're yeah, about. yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I've never heard anyone turn a drum part into a hook in the same way, bar, Dave Grohl with Nirvana predominantly, but also kind of with Queens a little bit, but mm. with Nirvana and Joey Jordison to a degree. It reminded me of Pulse of the Maggots a little bit in the symbol yeah. bits with that. But like, there are very few. Yeah, the, Rev, the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold. <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, I don't listen to Avenged enough to I think really he's know. He's got a lot of like interest. And so is Lars Ulrich, to be fair. Oh, actually, Lars is a fair shout. But, yeah. but okay. But that's right. more of it. I mean, what you're talking about, I mean, Lars does da, 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 da. And again, with, with Dave Grohl, yeah. you, you're talking about the. Yeah. Whereas that is, is, it is more like. It's like the bit, it's like the start of like Fix Up Look Sharp by Dizzy Rascal. It's that's. The, the, the hook, the hook is the fucking... the hook is half a second long yeah whereas you know whereas with uh in bloom in bloom <laughs> with yeah. within bloom yeah that you know the the drum hook is bah, 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 bah. you know it's quite it's quite a long extended hook but like the what my whole point in, in getting into this anal detail about what they're able to do is they create hooks from places where other bands are totally and utterly incapable of creating hooks from. Mm. Or when I say other bands, what I actually mean is only the absolute best. So, you know, you named a couple of other drummers, but there aren't many drummers who make hooks. Really? really. Um, Phil Collins. (laughs) 
I love how different those examples Phil are. Collins and Vinnie Paul. Is that the first time they've ever been compared in the same sentence? It might be. But they do, yeah. Vinnie, yeah. Vinnie Paul's a great shout. Phil Collins, you know, yeah. but that Cabri's Bonham, advert. Mate. John Bonham's got a few as well, hasn't he? Bonham, yeah. But but we but look at the listen to the fucking drummers we're naming. We're literally we're literally naming the best drummers ever to do it in mm. modern music. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's astonishing. I I I um I had a chat. I hope you don't mind again me calling them out. But Merlin Alderslade from Metal Hammer went. Ah, oh, there's not really many hook because I was saying, you know, this is the thing that I feel that modern metal really lacks. And Merlin was like, it's not really many hooks on this record. That's I was nonsense. like, are you fucking mad? That's nonsense. Are you fucking mad? I can't believe anyone could listen to this. And I, I mean, the thing is, is like you say, they pull hooks from places where. You, you don't least really expect you them. least expect them. And I mean, if when Ch- like Chop Suey comes out, Be Quiet and Drive comes out, like Here to Stay, fucking duality, I honestly think something like those songs have a hook, like The Easy Way has a hook mm-hmm. that is comparable to those songs. That fucking chorus. I think there's a I think there's a small difference in that the first time I put this record on um a it's one of those moments where i'm like right i'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life you know like i remember remember what i was doing when i first heard never mind oh you know Mm. it's um but secondly it was such a clusterfuck of sound i was just like whoa what the fuck is this and i on a first listen would i have been able to pick out a hook no on a second, or maybe one I or two. Do you not think you'd been able to pick it like sulfur surrounding in the easy way? It it, you... it was just such an uh, on listen number one. Mm. It was such an onslaught of like what? The but I fuck? still think like for me personally, I still I definitely felt that, and I was sitting there going, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> because yeah. before we really get into yeah. the record, we should say, Renfrey and I did our top twenty albums of the decade at the the end of last year forever was my number three and it yeah was your number it was, seven uh, yes right it was and a in, in terms of there. metal it was and hardcore i mean i guess let yeah you compared let live as a, as a hardcore band. Yeah. So let live were the only band who kind of were on par who or were vaguely were, uh, comparable above uh, or slightly above that record now <laughs> i went into this record going obviously i can't really imagine they can top forever I can't really imagine that's possible. Mm. Um, and I still, I felt that Forever was a hardcore record, definitely a hardcore record, and a hardcore record the likes of which had never really been recorded. A genuinely unique hardcore record, in the same way as The Shape of Punk to Come is a genuinely unique hardcore record, to the point where it's only just hardcore, because it is so weird yep. and so different and so unusual and so that um i'm not sure underneath i'm i I, there's just too much other stuff happening for me to comfortably be able to sit here and go this is a hardcore record i don't i don't think it is i still think it is i just think my idea of what hardcore is is broader and i think people's idea of hardcore should be pushed out further with this album sure but i think there's so much it feels way more there's not a lot of when I listen to it. I mean, refused aside, my references for it. Not much of it is hardcore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like not, mm-hmm. hardly any of it is really. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned typo negative. I think 
there's loads of typo negative mm -hmm. on it. I think mm -hmm. it's got the doomy kind of grungy chords. Um, it's got the the kind of the overall uh, anarchic songwriting feel that Typo Negative had that kind of you know unique unmistakable um, you know how Typo Negative you listen to them and you go who knows how and where this song will end uh, yeah. at the start you go <laughs> yeah. I really don't know I have where no this idea is where it's going to go and, and Code Orange do that and, I mean Code Orange did that on Forever yeah. and I think it would have been really really easy of them to try and just re-repeat the tricks of Forever I mean on Underneath which is the title track and the last song mm. I mean famously on forever they just cut out halfway through a you know a sentence pretty much i was like in the the album just stops and i thought for a minute are oh, they going to do that again and i'm kind of glad too they, obvious yeah too obvious too obvious it, then it becomes a trope of theirs becomes a thing <clears throat> that they do and they don't I think do this it is, i think this is the beautiful thing about this record rather than uh, let's take the Reva song. So there's a lot of great Reva songs with her melodic vocals, which, you know, the obvious move, the obvious commercial move for this album would be, let's write five Bleeding in the Blurs. Yeah. And there are melodic songs on this album where Reva takes center stage and she does the lead vocal on them. But I wouldn't call any of them a retread of Bleeding in the Blur. No, I don't. And, and, I, and, I, and, and I think people, I think there will be reviewers who do, Mm -hmm. I think there will be reviewers who say uh, sulfur surrounding, is sulfur really, surrounding. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think there will be. But to be honest, those reviews are lazy, mm. um, and it is an incredibly um, simplistic way to look at it and view it. Mm. And that's the whole thing with this record. Cold, or Cold Orange have clearly gone. Forever is the starting point. Like whatever happens on Forever is the bare minimum in terms of quality yeah and we need to build upon this and make it better and better and better and something you'll hear in the interview jamie so i don't want to talk about stuff that happens in the interview too much because yeah. hopefully if you're listening to this you'll be listening to it immediately after but jamie does mention how they do not stop until they get the sound that is in their heads mm. they continue to try and figure that out until they have they have this idea in their heads and i think so many bands have an idea in their heads and try to get it on record but are just but just stop and and never never get to uh put on wax put on record put on digital tape the sound that is inside their head yeah, and the difference between code orange and most other bands is code orange do not stop yeah. until the they sound release it unless it sounds exactly. like what they want it they to sound don't like. stop until mm. and now you can go well they've got the resources to do that bloody bloody blah, blah, blah i mean yeah and no. uh, hardly the 1975 they're, yeah they're hardly yeah you know um but you know i suppose i suppose they they do have more resources than some bands but they've they fucking earned it yeah. they have been doing this for a long time they're not a flash and, and pan new band you and know I, what, what i love about it again to go back to kind of where modern metal is at the moment again to bring up bring up bring me the horizon for example mm. bring me the horizon have clearly gone we can go in a pop direction by kind of just sort of saying we're still a metal band and occasionally writing a riff on a song but mostly kind of really trying to be a pop band now ugh, i don't think bring me this whole like oh it's the future and we should embrace pop music because that's what metal has become that's such bollocks to me. That's such nonsense. And you hear this record 
and it is proof positive of why it's nonsense because like i say the the kind of bands that i know that band listened to those 90s alt metal bands nine inch nails type of negative life i'll say them again life of agony helmet danzig fucking prong shit like that right that's what this sounds like mm-hmm. fear factory absolutely right deftones I, I mean there's none of that in most of this modern metal it all sounds digitally processed yeah like the the thing that is just blows my fucking mind about this record is that the production is so much better and so much more cutting edge on all the kind of electronics and the the bits that exist around and inside and underneath the the guitars and the drums it sounds so much more cutting edge than something like bring me the horizon yeah. it sounds so much more forward thinking than something like you know uh, horror or whatever but the guitars and the drums sound like fucking sepultura that's the thing it's this beautiful they sound like this cl- unlike and i don't mean it in like oh, it sounds dated and old they sound classic they sound like what you want metal to sound like. They actually sound fucking heavy. It's this beautiful amalgam of making it sound like a band playing in a room together, but at the same time, it having Being this... remixed by the most cutting-edge producer in the world. Yeah, pretty much. It has this modern digital edge and all the modern kind of like, you know, like glitches and yeah. all that kind of thing. I mean, if you weren't a fan of the glitches and stuff on Forever, they've just chucked even more of that in but like it feels like bands are still trying to catch up with all the glitching and things that were happening in forever i mean with this record they've just their hooks they yeah yeah they've just they've just pushed it even further uh, i yeah i mean forever like i said before was a fucking neutron bomb of a record it blew heavy music and it blew hardcore into places which no one really could have seen now this feels much more like evolution to me than revolution. They haven't chucked the baby out of the bathwater. They haven't done the obvious thing. They've continued to go down a fairly sort of similar path with a th- with things added on. They've changed the way that things sound to make everything sound better, to make it sound newer, to make it sound beefier, to make it sound more precise. I think the songwriting, the songwriting, I mean, you know, there are bits of like I listen to this back to but I listen to this and forever back to back because I have to say my first listen to it I was halfway through and I was like this this is a fucking head fuck like I don't know what the fuck's going on yeah. but I think it's amazing and then the second time round probably it got to I mean the easy way the easy way is just such a fucking tune mm. I mean people say there's no fucking hooks on it don't wanna know what you're... that is a ma- I mean that song's as massive as massive can possibly be. If, you, if, this, if you're saying there's no hooks in this, you're not listening. It's fucking nuts. Uh, that song is nuts. And I got to that point, and it, you know, Sulfur Surrounding, which is, you know, this kind of slow, brooding, almost Alice in Chainsy, mixed with. I mean, I, I'm struggling to even come up with what it's mixed with, but mixed with, again, this kind of modern sounding electronic pulse that sort of sits beneath it. You go from that into the easy way, from cold metal place into Sulfur Surrounding into the easy way. It's, it's a hell, like, the the middle fuck. the middle of this record is un. I, I think I think it's unbelievable. I yeah. think I think the quality 
of this album throughout is extraordinarily yeah. high and i love the whole thing to be honest um i think a sign of a classic album a sign of an album that is absolutely phenomenal uh is when your favorite song changes all of the time mm. um my favorite song has been a rager scan who i am a sliver cold metal place the easy way back inside the glass it's been You're most not even autumn and carbon i haven't even no. fucking unbelievable like again that my point is is my yeah. favorite song on this record has been most of them at one point or another which is just a sign of a phenomenal phenomenal record yeah. i think in terms of all the influences and the conglomeration <laughs> invented word yeah. uh, <laughs> that just came out um people say old fuddy duddies say that there is nothing new in music anymore every note has been played every chord has been played yada 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 mm-hmm. there is some there is a modicum of truth to that yep. realistically but um Bands make original music these days in the 21st century by melding so many different influences together in a way that you have never heard before. And that's how you make truly original, inspiring, interesting new music. It occurred to me that if you set someone the challenge of genuinely writing down every single influence that they hear live listening along to the record their hand would probably drop off. Mm. I mean, it is literally every few seconds. There's a bit of Nine Inch Nails. There's a bit of Type of Negative. There's a bit of, you know, fucking Deftones. There's a bit of, it is just, and it's conglomerated in such a seamless, incredible way that it makes something totally new. Mm. Totally unique. When you're picking up, I mean, even those are all rock bands. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I hear fucking, you know, Lotus Eater and apex twin and you know like i say clipping and jpeg mafia and yeah absolutely it it, it feels totally but the idea of going we love metal when it was fucking great and interesting and genuinely heavy and weird and unique right we love the kind of the precursor to new metal if you like those old metal bands i mean you said the other week about something real i thought was very astute about metallica when you're saying five finger death punches um frame of reference and their influences are very narrow right whereas metallica are influenced by discharge and bark i said discharge to bark yeah yeah. discharge and everything else and everything else in the middle right and you're quite right i mean admittedly that ain't what got Metallica big. No. no, no. <laughs> uh, not really, really, really big. No, but, big, but undoubtedly but, but those, big. yeah. Um, I mean, people attribute it to Cliff Burton all the time. And I think Cliff Burton bringing in those really broad influences mm. is the reason those first four Metallica albums, and I am including Justice because he has mm. writing credits on it, uh, are the best. And then, you know, you look at the the, the, the span of influences of System of a Down from Slayer yes. and the Dead Kennedy <laughs> to Armenian folk music, right? Absolutely. Now, there has been such a lack of stuff that's come out in metal that hasn't just been influenced by metal absolutely and you know whether it be all the very best metal bands you go back to black sabbath and what they were influenced by the blues and their surroundings and the beatles and do you know what i mean like that that melt that meld of all that stuff you look at you know even though they're not my favorite band you look at iron maiden and the stuff that influenced iron maiden you know, uh, you look at the stuff, as you said, that influenced Metallica, the, the amount of stuff that influenced Deftones, right? The amount of stuff that would have influenced Trent Reznor and Night Nails. And then you look at, uh, again, it's 
feels like it's an album that we shit on and it, it's a fucking it's a good album the death atlas by a cattle decapitation <laughs> it's a good album right i know i feel like i'm cunt for bringing it up all the time it is a good album it's a really good death metal album but people are going oh my god it's a revolution it's a death metal album with singing it's like well yeah, yeah. they've written some fucking great death metal songs yeah. and he's got a really weird unique voice yeah definitely uh, they're really good songwriters. They write really good riffs. But it's frankly, a great death, death metal album. as an outsider, I think if you were an outsider looking in and you heard people saying that this is a revolutionary record in, in metal terms and you listen to it, I think that would be embarrassing, yeah. which is why I try to be like, shut up. Don't say that's a revolutionary record because it fucking ain't. Mm. It, it's a great death metal record, but that's it. Mm. That's it. It isn't anything more. But Code Orange, if people came from the outside and looked at this and said, this is revolutionary, I would proudly hold this up as yeah. something which is genuinely different and unique and interesting and genuinely progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's why, you know, and, and, and those are the bands that piss people off the most. And this is why we have this kind of like... Uh, I, I wonder if the, the, the sort of hatred towards Code Orange and the love towards Code Orange is just going to build even further and further and build even more. But you know what? It should do because the best bands have that love-hate dynamic in terms of people who look at them and like, do they, do, you know, you either love it or it's Marmite, isn't it? Yeah. You know. I, I think that probably will happen. Um, I feel like we haven't really spoken. About, I mean, we've, we've touched on the... Needless to say... <laughs> The record is incredible. And yeah. I want everybody just like, I, you know, when I want to fucking harness that spirit of Iowa, when Iowa got to number one, harness that spirit of like, when it just felt like there are times where everybody would get behind a record yeah, and go, this is everything that fucking heavy music should be. Can be and should be. And I haven't felt like that. I mean, even on Forever, I was like, if you're in on it, if we're all together, this album's fucking great. It's so great. And like I said, I listened to these two back to back. Forever is still amazing, right? It's fucking amazing. I was having this conversation. I'm going to bring this up, right? New Metal Hammer, my review of this album. This is the first time in five years Metal Hammer's given a 10 to a record, right? It's only the second time in the last decade. I wrote that review. And I thought long and fucking hard about whether or not I should give this record a 10. And I'm telling you now, Renfrey, for my personal tastes and what I want, and at this moment in time, thinking back on the last decade, I would probably give three records a 10. In three metal records. or ever? Probably ever. I think her name is Kala. It's probably a 10. Yeah. I think... Fake, uh, not fake. Um, Black is beautiful for me as a ten. Yeah, I'd say fake is super fun. Yeah, and Dose of Dreams, a tens. That is, I mean, that is an undoubted. Dose of Dreams is an undoubted ten for me. Un- okay. Absolutely undoubted. There are a bunch of other records which I think objectively <coughs> I'd go. Yeah, I can see like the Satanist, for example. I think Satanist probably is a ten, right? I don't love it. I'd love it, but yeah. I don't love it to yeah, the yeah, extent yeah. as I love those other three records, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I would have been kind of maybe possibly, you know, forever is a 10 uh, before. Like Rare by Oathbreaker, I think would be would be pushing a 10. That would be another one for me. Um, 
But there aren't many records that I would feel comfortable just going, that's a fucking 10. Those three that I just mentioned, her name is Kala, Let Live, Fucked Up, um, are their 10s, like definitely. And there are other things outside of metal that I don't have as strong. Something like Skeleton Tree, I think is probably a 10, right? I don't have as strong a relationship with it, <laughs> but it's probably a 10. Yeah. Um, but I felt very, very strongly after giving five, six, seven listens to this, it started to dawn on me that not only do I think, objectively speaking, this is undeniably better than Forever. I knew that this album was better than Forever halfway through my first listen. I, d- I, could, I couldn't put my finger on, I couldn't get a grasp on the record at all, but I knew it was better than Forever before I'd even finished my first listen. And I think that that is, like for me to say that, I don't say that with any degree of like flippancy. No. at all right I, I i genuinely i think forever was like i described it as a neutron bomb mm. right and for what it's done to hardcore for what it did to code orange's career what a fucking record what an amazing achievement that is but certainly objectively speak if you t- even like i mean i'll get into the emotion the emotional about how i genuinely do think it is better and i feel like i want to listen to it more having listened to them back to back totally emotionlessly objectively speaking <laughs> there is no argument to be had that this is a better made record absolutely no doubt whatsoever the songwriting is better the production i mean the production is it is purely for the production, which is fucking staggering. They've had, staggering. There production. are. It is self-produced, but there are also a couple of other producers. Will Chris Yitz Brenner, come in? Chris and, Brenner well, Chris Brenner. Chris Brenner does programming. Yep. He's not producing, but yeah. Oh, but okay. Chris Brenner from Nine Inch Nails. You know, come on. Um, it's Will Yip. It's and, Will Yip, and it's Nick Ravlinuski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is one of the me. best fucking producers in yeah. the world? You know. And it does feel like the best of everything that mm-hmm. they do put together. Will Yip, if you don't know, is an absolutely phenomenal yeah, great producer. producer who's probably, you may, it feels like he should be a household name by now, but for some reason he isn't. But I guarantee you, Will Yip's produced some of your favourite records. Just guaranteed he has. Um, yeah, the production on this record is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, th- and, uh, I think Jamie's vocals, uh, uh, I mean, I thought Reba sounded great on the last <clears throat> record. I think people had a problem with you. I think Jamie, the way Jamie's vocal range and his vocals have improved on this record is a, a that, that is, that is the biggest huge step up. Like for me of all the oh, things that they've so? improved on. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. Oh, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Really? I think there's so many step ups. I mean, I think there's so many I, step ups, but I think in terms of the jump, yeah. I think it's the longest jump. Okay. I mean, I, I agree that it's a step up, but yeah. I, I just think there's so many. I'm like, I don't even know where I yeah, would, yeah, would yeah, point yeah. to to say which one's the, the, the biggest jump. But yeah, mm. yeah, fine. Um, so yeah, I genuinely do believe that this is a superior record to Forever. And like I say, that was my third favorite record of the entire decade. I think, you know, it's going to sound very sort of... Um, uh, antagonistic of us um not that we've ever given a fuck in the past about not sounding antagonistic but um yeah i think anyone who doesn't think this record is better than forever uh if they are in a professional capacity reviewing uh music should probably stop 
because it it is objectively better. It's it not subjective. Is. No, I it think is objectively I better. Think clearly, the only way I think you could prefer forever, if you prefer them being boom, 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 heavy. Preferring forever is different. Yep. Preferring, if if you prefer forever, that's fine. Like to be clear, because you know we there are like I think Saturday Night Wrist is 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 one of my favorite Deftones records. Mm. It's not one of the best. Yeah. It just isn't. Like, and, and I know that. I realise that. But I pre- I prefer Saturday Night Wrist to self-titled. I prefer it as an argument. I prefer it to Adrenaline, for example. Is is it better You're than a, a fucking monster? No, I'm, but I'm not. <laughs> I, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, because yeah. I'm not saying it's better than Adrenaline. Mm. I'm saying mm. I prefer it to. So if you prefer Forever to Underneath, fine. Mm. In terms of, but in terms of objective, this is better than that. If you don't agree that underneath is better than forever, and you are a professional, uh, you are someone who reviews music professionally, you should quit. You because you are wrong. I think you're definitely wrong. I mean, you're definitely wrong. I, I, I you know, I, you know, I, this isn't, this isn't hyper. You know, uh, there might be people listening to this who haven't heard the record yet because it's obviously it's not out yet. Well, there will be. Going, There'll be loads of people listening to this who haven't heard the record. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> You know, th- th- this is not. Once you hear it, I don't think you can even say, "Oh, it's hyperbole or whatever." It's just. It's oh, just people not. will. But it's just not, is it? I mean, the the, the songwriting's better, the the production's better. It feels like forever was is a great record, and it feels like the nightmarish journey and the many moods of one character, whereas this feels like. A whole set of characters and all of their different little funny ways Mm -hmm. all mixed together and perfectly it's pulp fiction Mm. instead of reservoir dogs yeah that's a great show actually it's the downward spiral uh, over pretty Pretty hate hate machine pretty hate machine which is what i said in my metal hammer review Mm. i fucking stand by it it's what you've been saying since day one pretty much is what i've been saying since day one i've been resisting saying it because i didn't want to steal it from you but it's a very that's a very good shout it's mm-hmm. it's you know if forever is pretty hate machine this is downward spiral absolutely yeah. imagine if the next one's the fragile can you fucking imagine i think shall i say something with like absolutely mind blow just to give you the hyperbole that you want right <laughs> but i do think I, I think this this could be the most significant release in metal since first corn album white pony yeah white pony's a good shout yeah um you put me on the spot but lateralis by tool um but i think we knew what tool sounded like then didn't true we? true well i think all right, first... all right enema by tool um, again you know like I mean I'm not fucking downplaying at all anyway whatsoever they're my fucking favourite band but I think again they exist in a they kind of exist in a vacuum of their own I think if, if people try to copy this what I'm interested in is will people try and copy this and what effect will that have on this record so somebody actually I'm going to get it up on oh, I can't remember um, somebody tweeted us and said I'm interested to know what you think about um, whether this album will sound so current now and so zeitgeisty now that it will then age. Um, it's a good question and a good it's point. It's a very good question. Good actually. question. Yeah. It's a good point. It's definitely worth something talking about. Um, for me, I think that is out of Code Orange's hands. 
Yes. I think it depends on how well they get ripped off or how often they get ripped off or the, the, the how, yeah. Corn's debut record it sounds, was yeah. a like, what the fuck is this? I remember hearing Corn's debut record. Now, the first sort of metal releases that I bought, I bought um, Load by Metallica, uh, Eve Empire by Agents of Machine was one of those, not metal strictly, but mm. you know what I mean. Um, and uh, White Zombie, Astro Coop 2000, Fear Factory, Demanufacture. They were like the first metal bands I, that I bought. Great right? show. And I was just getting into it. And when I heard Corn, I was like, I can't, I have no idea what this is. Like, it sounded so unique. It sounded like it had been beamed down from another planet. Like, it just completely different to all the other stuff that I'd heard, right? Now, there's definitely a, a touch of that with this, quite a large touch of that with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Korn's debut album now does kind of sound of its time yeah, because it, it was so, it's a formula that That's people could replicate. Repeated ad infinitum. Yeah. yeah, and people could replicate it with sort of decent modicums of success. You don't necessarily have to be a particularly great songwriter to try and just rip off Korn's signature sound. You don't have to be a great guitarist, particularly. No. Um, you you have to, you, you know, you had to go out and buy a seven string yeah. and learn how to detune, yeah. um, which is not difficult. No. Um, but that was about it. That's all you yeah. really needed to do now, to replicate the Korn sound. Um, will people be able to rip this off easily? I mean, people could, you know, the reason why they were, I think they were less tool copyists because you can't it's because it's off very difficult yeah. to, to rip that sound off. Um, there were a bunch of people copying, say, Nine Inch Nails, but Nine Inch Nails has the fragile, the pretty hate machine. The pretty hate machine's dated a bit. Definitely. Um, pretty hate machine has dated. Downward Spiral, yeah, it has, no, in a bit. It has. I don't think Downward Spiral has. I, but I don't think Downward Spiral has because no. the songs are just so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, think if, anything, if anything is going to date, I would be more inclined to think that Forever will date rather than this. <laughs> I I think they've I think dated. I think it sounds a little bit dated already because of this yeah. forever. I think it's insane to say that, but it, I it feels think like it does. a mad thing to say. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing is, as we've said, is there are bands who are still trying. Like all of those bands who have taken influence, saying it in a nice way, copycatted in a not so nice way, uh, forever. Um, none of them have actually got to forever. No. Yeah, in terms of quality. The They've thing, got close. The closest thing we've had is Vane. I was going to say, Arizona, yeah. Arizona, Vane, which is which is really fucking close, yeah. I think. But not quite, you mm. know. Um, and um, yeah, and this record makes Forever... Like you were saying, you know, when Forever came out, it was a nine. I feel like retroactively, I'd, I, I think I'd agree. I'd, I would have given Forever a nine, maybe scraping a ten. Mm. I feel like if I went back to it now, it'd be like an eight because because uh, this record exists yeah i mean i went i did go back to it and i played the new one and then i played forever and i was just like wow that's the first time i've listened to forever in the entire time it's been out and i've gone yeah this is good yeah and like you know those bits where you go oh i can't believe it yeah but it it's been topped in mm-hmm. in every like <laughs> it has been to- like when you hear it you know i think when you hear it Unless, like you say, you're one of those people who go, well, I like hardcore. Mm. And you still want to sound like I Am King, probably. Yeah. There'll be those people. Well, there'll be people who say that the Code Orange Kids record is the best thing they've ever done. And like, look, 
Well, it's a good debut. It's especially an, an amazing debut when you consider they were fucking, what, 15 when they released it or recorded mm. it or whatever. It's fucking brilliant. But but no, come on. Yeah. Grow up. This is... Uh, yeah, this is... This is not what I thought I'd be saying. No. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I did not think I would be sitting here and going... I we mean, were I, really worried about this record. I was, pr- I was pretty worried. I mean, I tell yeah. you, like, I think we say it again. Another thing we say in the interview is Jamie messaged me and said, oh, it's much better. Wait to hear it. It's much better. And I thought, he's gone mad. He's lost it. He's yeah. lost his mind. And I was really worried about going, mate. Oh, go, no, it's good. I was really worried. and But I... To be honest, I never even considered for a second that it actually might be better than Forever because I think Forever is so fucking great. Yeah. And I, lo- you know what I mean? I lo- I've been banging and banging and banging on about it for years since it came out. It's fucking amazing record. Amazing. Well, Forever was a record that you listened to and went, this is going to be the best album this band releases. Nope. I mean, I actually do think at the time I remember saying, I think they've got more in them i really i, I oh, did, okay i think i did say that i think i did say you know like if they were to really because like, you listen to something like bleeding the blur mm. and you go mm, there's definitely there's something there something yeah. that they can do more than that but i was just like do they want to i don't know do they want to i mean bleeding the blur turns out they do which <laughs> yeah. is great which bleeding is great. the blur is fucking brilliant still a great song they should definitely i don't want them to drop it uh, there's a lot of songs from forever i don't want them to drop from the set I basically play those two albums back to back. Yeah. <laughs> with a yeah. couple of the, yeah. old, the oldies. And Chuck in My World as well. Um, and I'll be happy. But yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, in terms of, we haven't even really gone too deep in on what all the songs actually well, sound like. We haven't. Like. We've been talking for 80 minutes though. Yes, we have. We should probably stop there. Basically, <clears throat> the review of the album is, <laughs> it's without any question at all, I don't think any metal bands or any heavy bands can top this this year. I would be pretty surprised if we could go another five years without hearing anything that even gets close to this. I'm not going to make predictions like that, but I think... We could do, though. I think it's a... Stu- yeah, possibly, yeah. I think it's an absolutely stunning record. I, you know, and it's... it's, it's there are very few bands who move the goalposts with the release and then three years later release another album and move the goalposts once again mm. um, before bands, other bands around them have even had an opportunity to catch up with their previous record. And that is exactly what's happened with this. Yeah. And if people, you know, and like not enough, not enough outlets, not enough media outlets, our contemporaries, some of whom we really like, some of whom we don't, um, are bold and brave enough to go, this is a phenomenal... I was having a chat, a phenomenal record. I was having a chat with a friend of mine, Sam, uh, Sam Slight from Roxins mm-hmm. earlier today, and we were discussing Pitchfork and how Pitchfork... Um, I was saying Pitchfork have given very few 10 out of 10s in their 25-year uh, career as a yep. website. Um, it turns out that they've given 11 in 25 years mm-hmm. um, and he was sort of arguing oh no i think it's quite a lot more than that it's a lot more than that when you go back to if you consider retrospective yeah, yeah. reissues if you consider reissues they've given out like 50 or 60 but that's the thing there's very few outlets who actually have the fucking nuts the chutzpah to 
put themselves on the line and go, you know what? This is a classic and will be regarded as such in years to come. I have no reservations doing that with this record. And there are going to be thousands of, there's going to be loads of people who turn against it and turn against this review and just say, oh, it's, you know, rubbish. This is hyperbole, blah, 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 which I think will prove my point even more. Mm. Well, yeah, I agree with you. And I tell you what, not only do I think this, like we've, we've just did forever was number three on my favorite albums of the 2010s. It might be 10 years before we're doing our favorite albums of the 2020s, but I would be stunned if in 10 years time, this album isn't in my top, there's 20 records Hmm. that I feel are better than this. I hope I'm still alive by then. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be fucking, fucking, I'll be 50. You're not going to want to listen to my opinion when I'm 50. Uh, I hope so. Anyway, but if we do end up doing that, then I will be very, very surprised. If there's 20 albums, it doesn't sound like that many. 20 albums in 10 years. That's two albums better than that, better than this a year. Seems unlikely. Yeah, it does. Seems very, very, very unlikely. So um, let's switch it over. There you go. Underneath by Code Orange. That's what Renfrey and I think about it. I mean, it was more a kind of a dot around sort of outskirts of how great the record is rather than a deep dive and what it actually sounds like but we mentioned enough bands i think for you to get the idea that this is a very challenging very unique and um a very momentous record yeah if you're listening to this the day that it comes out the album's out in four days four or five days and mm. you should be really fucking excited, very excited it's it. fucking great excellent it's just a phenomenal piece of work but don't take our word for it uh let's have a little listen to what jamie and reba spoke about with us um that's coming up for you audio listeners right now if you're if you're watching on youtube this is the end of the video go and actually listen to the podcast because the interview is happening now all right here we are renfrey you're with me hello um we've also got jamie and reba from code orange with us yo yo guys i'm really lovely to have you on the show thank you my yeah thank you so much guys for coming on it's been it's a pleasure yeah um you're releasing your album on my birthday. Nice. I can't help feeling that... Friday the 13th is your birthday? It is, yeah. It's hard, man. Good luck. I know, yeah. Well, Every year it's Friday the 13th. I was actually, yeah. born, on, I was actually born on a Friday the 13th. Of course you were. Of course you were. Yeah, for sure. I already was. Our last record came out on Friday the 13th also, so... Did it? We've been trying yeah. to keep to it. <laughs> nice. Well, look... I, well, we can't be talking about my birthday when there is shit loads to be talking about with this record. Um... I want to go back and start the chat with taking you back to the Grammys last mm-hmm. year because I feel like that's kind of the last time um, and maybe I guess the end of the forever cycle, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think a lot of people kind of, you were the, the sort of people's favourites to win that award. Um, I think a lot of people wanted you to win that award. A lot of people think that you should have won that award. I know both of us were, as much as we like Mastodon, were like, this has to be a code orange win. Yeah. So talk us through that night and how it was going down there and the nomination and kind of how you felt and what you felt after, you know, Mastodon won. Did that have much of an effect on you guys? We're so delusional that we definitely thought we were going to win. We were sitting there just like geared up to go up there. 
But uh, no, I mean, it was. I don't know. We just saw it as like an opportunity, basically. When we got, we were really psyched. We got nominated mainly just because it's just, it's like a huge platform. Like Mm. we've been banned for so long. There's not that many things that any of us can like point to in our lives for people that are like normal in our lives and be like, here's some, here's a bone for you. Like here's something we've been doing with our life. You know what I mean? So in that regard, it was cool in terms of like, we, you know, we were, we, we went in thinking we would win and just in terms of, you know, we were confident. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we just wanted to use it as a platform, as like an opportunity to get our, get ourselves more out there, get in people's face, and I think we did that. So, and I think there was, will be plenty more opportunities. So I'm not too worried about it. But we definitely, we were definitely prepared to to get up there and cause some trouble. You know what I mean? But mm. it is what it is. Good for Mastodon, though, yeah. bro. Yeah, they should have got it a long time ago. Exactly. I mean, it's I always a thing. little bit behind. Like I feel like with with metal music, mm. it's like. They probably don't have a lot of people in that, you know, realm of music that uh, can give them kind of what's really happening, like, pronto, like, right now. So they're, like, I feel like a year or two behind sometimes on that stuff. But the fact that we were in there it showed that they were maybe, like, making steps towards getting younger bands in there, you know. So, and at the time, it was, like, we were in it, and we were really all thinking about it at the time when it was happening. But after the fact... I feel like we all kind of were like, oh, that happened. You know, we moved on to our our goals mm. again. But also, we appreciated the like just the the, I mean, you know, the opportunity to have a bigger platform in that kind of way. So I mean, that's cool. You know, whatever. I mean, the reason I brought it up to sort of start with is because seeing you guys like with ba- like supporting Bane at the Underworld, yeah. nearly like less than a year before forever came out i think it was mm-hmm. and then at the end of that album cycle for you to be at the grammys alongside like mastodon i can't remember who else got nominated that year but it was a lot of like big it was yeah, like yeah. A few big bands yeah, right yeah, yeah. is an insane body thing. count body count yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good oh yeah it was yeah you know that's a that's an insane achievement and for a lot of bands i feel like the hey we got nominated haven't we done well pat ourselves on the back would be enough I listen to the new record and I think, well, clearly just it it's not enough to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's never enough, bro. It's yeah. never enough. It's We're like fucking vampires. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we Suck just want more. Yeah. Sucking on the blood of the industry. <laughs> just of the we just want more. And it's not even like we want like we need that necessarily or anything yeah. necessarily. It's more just we, when we get our sights set on like achieving something it that's what that is the main driving force that constantly fuels us and not not really even necessarily from like a success level but just like whether it's creative whether it's a bigger platform we just have a lot of self-belief you know so it's always we always believe we, we go quickly from feeling like whoa that's would be difficult to achieve to like instantly feeling like not only can it's achievable but like we really should we really can and should and will do it, you know? So it's just like mindset, I think. Uh, it's rare for a band in metal to uh, be like open about their ambitions and to show a kind of level of ambition to change what the sort of tropes and the ideas of metal is. And the new, I think the new record is something which is so far away from 
I was going to say the majority of metal bands, but I kind of think all metal bands, pretty much all metal bands. Um, I mean, I don't even know where we start with the process of how you started to put this record together. Just to add to that, I would say that it feels like since Forever came out, I mean, this is going to be blowing smoke up your asses, I'm afraid, but you know. Well, we like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... um, when uh, it feels like for the last three years, a lot of metal acts have been trying to chase forever and very few have even got close. And then um, with uh, Underneath, mm. you've moved the goalposts once again. And like those bands trying to catch up with forever are just way, way, way behind now. So that's what it feels like to me. Well, I feel like I try to be, I mean, obviously we're big time haters, so I'm not going to act like we're not, but I, I, I try to be like, especially a lot of the bands if if there are bands that are like interested in what we're doing and influenced by that, we look at or you know influence is a big word, but whatever like that drives them. That I think that's great. It's not like I'm like fuck those bands trying to catch. It's I don't. It's not really like that. It's more just. I mean, especially if they're with us, you know what I mean. If 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 they're any band that is, you know, uh, sees what we're doing and and. And and that pushes them, then that's like our whole goal. And because we're pushed by other bands the same way, so I mean, I don't feel like there's that many, you know, bands that are younger though that are maybe necessarily trying, you know, intentionally to push it. And hopefully now that's starting to will be starting to spring up more. You know, we just want like for me, it's like I want to see someone push it if they're doing going to do that, push it in a totally different direction. So because we're we're gonna do our direction what our goal basically has been to create this record that's it's like you know been a slow process since we were kids of like kind of realizing what we wanted to do and it felt mm-hmm. like this was like finally like that you know a, a culmination of, of everything so if, if another band's going to try to push it which we always would would hope for i would just like to be in their totally other direction that we you know couldn't have predicted like if if I see someone try to push it in the same direction as us, it feels kind of like a chase. Yeah. Like with forever, like there was maybe some stuff like that, but I would love to see like a younger band be, you know, hear this record and think, oh, we have to push the realm of what we do, you know, and that's super. But that being said, there's a lot action. of great younger bands though. I mean, that mm. even if maybe if we're in the same world that are awesome, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel like you get the respect for? I mean, I, I feel like. Uh, it feels quite clear that Forever changed the goalposts and have influenced a lot of people, but I don't see a lot of people openly yeah, admitting that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you get the kind of respect from the the sort of scene in general that you maybe matter. shoot we, at? We'll take the respect. You know what I mean? We yeah. get, we'll get ours. It doesn't really. I, we don't really give a fuck. It is what it is. Like, I mean, I, I mean. It's we are we're very just especially right now in the current stage we're at, you know, even on the end of the last record, you could even see like I'll even see if I go back and watch like the way I'm talking about stuff or the way we're approaching stuff on stage, the mentality shift. But right now, the mentality is very instead of, you know, no bitterness about anything, just tunnel vision focus on getting where we want to get, you know, so if I kind of let that. There will be times because I'm a very emotional person where I'll let that that kind of stuff kind of clog up my, you 
know, my vision in a lot of ways, and my peripheral vision especially, like other than giving us a little bit of fuel, it doesn't really get us going where we need to go mm-hmm. because it just makes you think about, well, what does this person think and that person think? And really no one that I've ever looked up to or respected is cares deeply in that kind of way about what everyone around them thinks. It's like when the, when the, the book is said and written, I already know what it's going to be. So, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Cause it's, it's, it's already done. It's already begun. And now we did this one and that's already done. It's going to be out there. It's going to be known, you know? So it, it doesn't really matter what it is right now, but there's, it just depends who you talk to. Like there's some people yeah. who definitely think that, and there's some people who just totally don't, totally don't get it. Totally, maybe they do get it, but it just it doesn't impact them that way or whatever. But it's the proofs in the pudding already. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, mm. what does it we, fucking we, yeah, matter? Yeah, we would have just got. It would have just been distracting, like writing this record, if we were thinking about that all the time. You know, we had we had to stay focused on what like we wanted as a group. And I think all of us sometimes do get sucked into that a little bit like it's, it's easier to on tour and whatever but then when we were sitting down for this whole like last whatever year or two writing the record it's like we just had to think about our careers and our trajectory and what we wanted and just put anything like that aside that had kind uh, of been art mostly you yeah know? exactly how do we push the art yeah because yeah. that's really all that that's everything anyone's ever saying it does not it literally does not matter once you know the art is is what is the judge at the end of the day. Mm. They'll look at the art and whether they get it now or later, they're going to get it because it's great. At the end of the day, it's great. I know it's great. We all know it's great. We all know it's something different and nothing can really shake that. And there are times where I get really sucked into be to thinking about all that. Like, so that's totally like valid question. Totally. Cause I, I there's been times where I'm like, man, why don't and it's just like, then I kind of look at myself and I'm just like, is this this is what you want to be? You just want to be sitting here bitching all bitter about like because some because some people don't see it the way you see it yet. They they'll see it that way. I mean, and I'm not even saying. I mean, again, time will tell. If do I believe what we're doing is innovating? Obviously, or else I wouldn't do it. But at the end of the day, time will tell. The time will tell us if it is or not. If it's mm. not, then it's not. Whatever. I you think. Know? Well, as as two people who receive, you know, albums every single day. Uh, I think it's it feels like it's as innovative as music can be in the 21st century. I mean, I was about to, to pick up on that. I was about to say, with this particular podcast, obviously, Renfrew and I have made a point of trying to go a little bit outside of our comfort zone. Like, we're not... Yeah. We know a bit about hip-hop. We know a bit about electronic yeah. music. And kind of enough, I think, to kind of have those conversations. But it's something that we've definitely tried to, you know, expand on more as two people that have come from rock and metal. The one thing I, I wouldn't say I worry about it, but the one thing that I kind of, I'm concerned about other people's reaction to is that for me, I listened to that record and we spoke about JPEG Mafia on the show and we've spoken about like Square Pusher and Big stuff fan, like that. Yeah. On the, and, and, and I listened to the, the production techniques of the record mm-hmm. and I listened to the, the sort of the way that a lot of it's put together and I go, ah, yes, that's inspired by modern hip hop. That's inspired by kind of, you know, um, uh, sort of abstract electronic music, mm-hmm. right? That's metal, but it's a particular type of metal from a particular type of era that it's all kind of been melded. Like you always talk about melding things together, making it a proper melting pot. And 
unfortunately, I think in the metal world, there are a lot of people whose sonic palette does not stretch to yeah. to that point where they can go, ah, it's that. And they just go, well, it sounds like Slipknot. Yeah, they have a but who cares? That's the yeah. thing. No, but not even who cares, like invalidating what you're saying, because I completely agree with everything you're saying. But it's more just like, we're fucking bulletproof. It does not matter. It really <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, we did it. It's, it is what it, it, I feel it is what, what we've, you know, discussed it. And I really appreciate how much you guys dig the record. And I feel it's what we all here think it is. And if some people don't, they're wrong. So, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? What, what are you going to do? It's like, yeah, we get that all the time. We've been we've been in this band so long. I mean, and and we're really again. I don't. We're not old. We're very young. But we've we've taken all kinds of criticism, all kinds of heat, all kinds of positive stuff, all kinds of you guys. You know, are this great thing or, or on the opposite? Like some people will be listening to us talking right now, and they'll be like, like what is they don't won't even get this presumption that you guys are like kindly implying like that we're you know that we're pushing it they don't even see it that way and that's gonna piss them off it's like like i said time will tell i feel that we are right and again that i don't i don't it's not it really isn't in like an arrogant way in terms of there's a lot of stuff i think is really great mm-hmm. tons of stuff out there but i just think what we're doing is different the only reason we do it is because we believe that and feel that and if we didn't, we would stop doing it or we would do something that was more fun, you know, because this is sometimes not that fun. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's been a it's been a grind for a super long time. We always kind of are moving by inches and it's awesome. But we've never had that like overnight, like boom, like there's way more people at your shows. We're selling way more records. We never had that. It's possible we never will have that. So all you can really have is just belief that like, OK, I feel already. Yeah, I can see what you're saying and about like what some people are going to think. And I was thinking about that a year, a year and a half ago, listening to stuff. I was like, Oh, they're going to maybe think this, this, Oh, but maybe that, you know, blah, blah. and now I'm just past it. Cause it's like, I already, I was already there. Just like, I feel we're already, we are pushing ahead in terms of musically, hopefully where, where some people are at right now, even just in terms of that, it's like, I already know what they're going to say. I already knew what they were going to say when this song came out. I already know what they're going to say when the next one comes out, it's just, they just do what you think they're going to do. And it is what it is. You know, and a lot of people will like, it. it'll be awesome. And I think a lot of what people loathe about it is partially, and we could definitely blame this on me for sure. And not them, but partially like perception of what, how we carry ourselves and stuff way more than like the music for sure. Because mm. it's, you don't get that many people like really from when I, the criticism that I witnessed, you don't get that many people who just put the record on, and really are just like, oh, this is this is sucks. It's like even if they don't really like it, it's a lot more because of other aspects that, and then it's combined with you know maybe maybe they feel like it's not the greatest thing ever, mm-hmm. and then you mix that with they see that whatever we've said this that or how we carry ourselves, and that yeah, creates that the is. hatred, which I think is also misinterpreted a bit, and partially that's because I'll I've just like said stuff that I mean I completely believe, but had just maybe, you know, didn't put it together in the exact way that I was trying to put it together or I was just kind of loosey-goosey with the mouth. <laughs> and you and I'm I'm I'll always like say what I think about whatever, but there will be times where I'll be like, yeah, I could see why somebody would see that and like it's not really what I was even like trying to say. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some things where I'm like, yeah, that was what I'm trying to say and people don't like that and 
That's cool too. How do you feel about that, Reed? How do you feel about <laughs> Jamie's mouth, Reba? I mean, uh, we're always on the same page. Like, yeah. we don't say things the same way, but like mm. every time I read, you know, that stuff like that, I'm like, if someone has a problem with that, it's like, then they they wouldn't get it anyway. You know, it's like yeah. the way that we think about like the music and the whole, uh, just getting how we feel about it out there. It's like, there's just no point in explaining that to someone like who's going to take something like that out of context or like misunderstand. It's like, I always am, am in a hundred percent agreement with him and same with all five of us. We kind of can just check each other in that, in that I way, you know, like mm-hmm. we talk about that stuff all the time. Like, and, and, and in the end too, it's like if all five of us are so confident with this, this album and how we feel about it, it's like, that's all I need to know. You know, anyone else's opinion is to me just like, it's helpful in terms of like keeping perspective, but whenever there's five people, there's five people in this band and we yeah. all are so invested in this. And that's not usually the case. But and we're like, best friends, you know, like for yeah. real best friends. Yeah. Family, like I, you know, you know in, in, the, in, a, in an amazing way. And, and it, it makes it so we can check each other and we don't have to worry yeah. about people who don't know us mm-hmm. making those kinds of opinions. Cause you can't really trust that, you know, from the outside, someone hearing him say, or whoever of us say like something super confidently, it's like, they don't know us and they don't know how we verbalize things. So they can't really be the judge of like, what's okay. What's too far, whatever. It's like, yeah. he has, I have him in that same way, you know, cause it's, it's super easy to, to express your feelings about this, this record we made because you know, it's our entire lives. We're going to be yeah. saying things that are maybe extreme more than people would expect, but like, it's cause we're thinking about it 24 seven, you know, mm. like, to them, it's like that's the only thing they hear. They're not going to think about it tomorrow. And we, we just choose to speak freely in terms of like that. So sometimes when you speak freely, you're not always going to say the right thing. Or sometimes you're not even like sometimes I say stuff where I'm like, that's not really necessarily what, like I said, you know, not necessarily how I would phrase it if I was, uh, uh, I guess the best word would be like, you know, clear minded. I mean, I am always clear minded, but I'm saying like if I wasn't like all rattled in my head or worked up or whatever. But it's like, again, it comes down to like, who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Every band I've ever liked that I really liked talked a little shit and said what they wanted to say and was just open. So it's like, yeah, we're going to be open. We're going to say what we feel. And if I go a certain way that is wrong, they'll, there's a lot of people. I have a very good circle of people around me who will let me know, and then I'll try to learn on that and, and build on that. It's like, you can't it's like again who gives a fuck whatever if they don't like it they don't like it i mean it is what it is you know what i mean and it's just if if we don't like it if we don't like it and it's i've said something where i'm like then i have to rethink and i have to get better and grow but like it's like who cares who cares wouldn't you want to rather see that like growth in a person's like mindset of thinking of Mm -hmm. how they are writing it's like that's like a real thing it's like we're not just a band who's going to come and talk about our album like with some whole pre-decided like nice statement about it to the public it's like we're just going to say how it is and what we really think and be honest and real and yeah there's going to be a little rawness to that you know and people might get a little angry but we put enough work in that with that is i feel it's deserved in terms of we we deserve the right to to speak how we feel about it because we don't half-ass it yeah yeah it's we we work all every single minute of every single day on this band every day Mm -hmm. as if it's a 24-hour day job i mean even just a couple weeks ago she was setting up the merch we like have our own merch store and she was sleeping two hours a night you know for four nights in a row going up to that getting that set up working on that all day night 
making all the mock-ups, getting all the inventory, making the actual site really cool, making the the vibe different than everyone's. We, me and her designed all the merch for that run. It's like every tiny little aspect of a band, we do all of that stuff. Whether it's, you know, whatever it is that you see that comes from this band is our five members doing. So when you put that kind of work in, it's just like in any other work of, uh, you know, walk of life, it's like you should be able to speak confidently about it because you're proud of it and you're confident in the work that you put in, mm -hmm. you know? And everything feels so connected with like, I mean, this is the thing that I think is really rare in metal, which we spoke about type of negative before, which yeah. I know you guys fucking love type of negative, mm -hmm. you know, and how their music and their image and their artwork and their stage, everything felt just so perfectly connected. And not many bands these days, I think, have that where the entire package of what the band is, is unified and is kind of, thought out and and you guys definitely have that mm -hmm. and it's I, I feel like you know it's a it's a pretty rare thing it just it's got to the point in rock music where uh, you know it, there's not not necessarily a lack of personality in people's music but you would look uh, at is a, there definitely is yeah but i mean there to definitely a, is to a certain yeah for or a certain there extent, is for a it's like stale. usually one you know one personality mm. you know and and everyone's kind of gets sucked into that which is yeah the thing and it works but with us, that's like I've even realized this most in the last year writing this record. It's like we all came together in writing this, and we've honed in on this way of of writing together. That's like everyone's able to get their personality in without hurting the personality and the the intention of the band, which is yeah. extremely hard to do. And it's why bands break up all the time. It's you extraordinarily know? It's why bands rare. fall apart. Mm. But we're just we know each other so well and communicate so well that yeah. we're able to do that, and that's really in my mind one of like the top prime reasons we're a special band that no one can chase because there's no way that you could pull that off if you were just like five people who made a band oh, you're gonna get in trouble for saying this shit i'm not taking the heat on this <laughs> 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 that's, put it on if me. that's the quote then it's <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm not, not you know i'm not saying that that there's not amazing music that is is written in a different way like with mm. one person in mind or with you know two or three it's definitely even, more meticulous than any than than i mean any you know any of the experiences just from talking to producers and you know getting mm -hmm. getting vibes from people talking to so many musicians and stuff then i think the way other bands go about it so it's definitely just more surgical and and more everything is intentional and i don't like that to sound like when we say when you're you know you're saying like the whole art concept is very one it's straight it's uh unified yeah and it's intentional it's intentional but i think sometimes maybe people think when you say that it's like it's a put on it's like there's really absolutely no aspect mm. that's a put on it's just there is there are aspects of like we like music and art that is you know has an a, a vibe and it's it's like that to me is a big part of why i like stuff so it's not like there's no other way i would want to do it because mm. that's just what i like you know what i mean and that's that's what i think different members to different care about different sometimes i'll a lot of times i'll really care about certain like little aspects of that that like they really don't care about and we'll get in get into it or they'll just think it's like no one will ever notice or care but, type but of thing. it goes yeah. both ways with that stuff and and i think we all have learned to respect like that each person's aspect of that it's like mm. you know shade has an aspect of that in his world he cares about certain things or me and him are like why does this matter but then yeah. once it's done you look at it and you're like, that was the important thing to focus on. And, and when each person has that in the band, it makes something that's like at all angles, it's it's covered and, you, and it 
it's like it just turns into a whole other work of type of art because it's so meticulous but not just from one person's mind it's almost like like a board like yeah. you know like culmination of all of us and we're each getting everything in but it just it just it's something that takes a lot of focus and and it that's kind of why why we care so much about it and going back to what you're saying with like you know the way we talk about it and everything it's like that's why it can get so intense with our opinions on it because we're thinking about it just in this such so detailed like manner at all yeah. all times you know? was i mean going to the recording of the record and actually putting the record together um just before Christmas, um, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Jamie, but you messaged me and you said, it's it's better than forever. It's definitely, you're going to oh, freak yeah. out. It's better I, than I knew that last Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> two, um, two Christmases ago. And I mean, both Renfrew and I, we both picked, when we did our top albums of the decade, Forever mm-hmm. was in both of our top tens. I yep. mean, little Thank bit, you very much. A little bit higher in mind. Um, but... Uh, but well, it, won't, I, it won't be anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, as, as in, as in, this one has yeah knocked yeah. it. Um, uh, and it and I remember you sort of going, "No, it's definitely better. It's definitely better." And I was like, "All oh, right." And yeah, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah." This definitely. kid's lost his fucking mind. <laughs> like, I have lost. I lost my mind. Year, I've lost my mind so long ago that I think I've come back around. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sane again. And it's true. I mean, <laughs> I I just I can. I mean, this is why. I think this album's so great because I couldn't even conceive of an idea of a world where you could you could make a record which would top that. Wait, I couldn't where even you could make Forever sound. Forgive me for saying this, but make Forever sound a bit redundant. It does. Yeah. It, I agree. I, mean, I, I think I that's can't a bit much. I think that's a bit much to be honest. No, to I, say. I, I, I agree. Well, I'm, I'm being it's like step, but you know, for all the for all the Matrix jokes we get, it's like stepping into the fucking Matrix. It's like you can't see shit the same anymore. At least for me, it's like, I, or at least with the rest of our music, uh, you know, once we stepped into that world, it was like. Even especially with the tail end of we were still playing shows and stuff, and we kind of had yeah. a whole new idea for how we wanted to do that and everything. It's like this is. I was starting to see. I was like, you know what? I'm starting to see why. I'm starting to see where our holes are, and you know, even if, you know, I think I think we we knew like we knew what was next. So it was just like it was that was like a frustrating period as well. Just trying to get this. Get this was there a little period where you were because I mean at this point people listening we've not actually recorded this yet but we, we you will have listeners you will have just listened to Renfrew and I review the record properly and go in depth nice. into like what we think about it before this chat um I already know from the various conversations that you and I have had that we're probably going to mention about 40 different artists from various different <laughs> genres of music um each yeah <laughs> I mean what was there a point like as you were sort of approaching it where you felt daunted by it where it felt overwhelming to think of like you know what do we do and and where did the inspiration come from? like in your kind of in your mind was there a moment where you went okay this is what it's going to be and it is going to at least live up yeah. to that record yeah i mean the the daunting the daunting aspect is different for different people in the group my role in the group is more to deal with that aspect of it so i think the daunting aspect for me would be some of those aspects and for them and for like reba and shade it's a lot of this they have to do really specific work that is very difficult and a giant pile it sometimes looks like that's endless i mean we pretty much recorded this album twice like we recorded very 
like we should put them, we definitely will put them out at some time, but we recorded 15 or 16 demos that are like an album and sounded really good. Like, mm. and they were mixed and Shade and I and Rebo a little bit like mixed them to detail all the headphone stuff you hear on this record. There's like a baby version of that that are all those demos. All the, like all the, we did it exactly how we wanted to do it so then we could bring it to producers or whoever we were going to work with and say, this is what we want to do. We want it to be be bigger, but this is what we want to do. This is how we want things to move around, which we ended up just having to do that all again ourselves anyway, pretty much because it was so hard to explain to other people. But right. like, this is how this is the this is this is it. Like this is the drawing. So that so nobody was guessing that was working with us. Nobody was like exactly. Nobody was like, well, trying to get what we were saying and trying to figure out the best way. It's like we want to do this, but we want to beat every single second of it. You know what I mean? And we had already liked it so much. We were already listening to the demos nonstop, loving it. So mm -hmm. it's like, we just got to beat this to the point where definitely Nick, who was at, is a fucking awesome guy, but you know, there was times where he was like, we shouldn't be so focused on trying to beat the demos. And I got what he was saying at first. And I think he came around understanding our perspective, which is more like, no, but we like really like these demos. <laughs> this yeah. is like what we want to do, but we just want to do it better. That's, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So we've then recorded the whole thing again. So, you know, I think for them, the 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 work to answer your question, and so she can obviously speak on her aspect. But for my my is de like the daunting task is definitely more okay. What's the overall? What's everything gonna feel like? What's the conceptually uh, from the lyrics to just the feel of each individual song to like the arc to the the roller coaster we're trying to create and. It's less about like is it gonna be better and more just like okay what is the what's the end game what's the plot you know what I mean what's the where are the the dips what are the where are the twists where are the where are the dynamics at where what what's the balance it's like we're walking this super specific tightrope of these different things that we want to get all of them in in a way that feels like us so yeah that's definitely was my burden and then you know for for them they had to deal with so many technical aspects that were so complicated to make to make all these different moving parts work some because we did things wrong and, and had to like learn how to do them correctly but some just because that was the nature of what we were trying to create something that walked the exact line between like feeling really digital and sometimes even fake and then also really having the true soul of like awesome heavy hard music that we that we love still we're always going to love and never going to ditch that aspect of mm -hmm. but then manipulating the senses of that by going back into the digital world without it feeling like okay this is a band with a bunch of keyboards and electronics i need to feel like yeah, it's yeah. all like and it takes place in like a it feels like a world you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so that was yeah and i and a lot of that i just sat there with them but they actually had to like have their eyes fucking glued open for 20 hours a day i mean shade Shade went through a lot doing this one. He basically is broken now, so we'll <laughs> see. We'll see if we get him back. He's starting to come back in the last like two months, but towards the end, he was telling me he just like, I, I this is just like he had to spend thousands of hours. I mean, no exaggeration, like figuring out how to do a lot of this stuff that we wanted to do. Yeah. So, so where was your head at, Reba, when you were thinking, okay, we've got, we've done forever. This has been a big statement for us. Um, how do we improve upon that? How how did you kind of... I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it was just done naturally, like with what our ears 
I had moved to at that point. Like I didn't even have to think about, it's like going back to listening forever to me. It really is. It's just like, how did we, it, it's in a totally different mindset of my person. Like I just don't want it to sound like that anymore. Especially for me, like guitar wise, obviously I focus in more on that, but just in general, like I think we had all moved so far past that from all the years of touring we had done since then that we didn't, it was just like, we didn't even have to think about like, oh, what do we want to do? How do we want to make it better? It's like, we all just have a standard now that is unspoken that we just all kind of knew what that standard was. And yeah, we each have like our own way of focusing in on that. And that's why it works so well. Like, you know, cause yeah, like I'll have my burdens of, of stuff that I need to be able to accomplish. Um, she had to learn a lot, how to do a lot of stuff that she had never done before and really succeeded at that in terms of, learning how to operate first like the ableton program and recording and 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 getting on shades level so we could all work on, on that and then moving to, on to pro tools the same way like a lot of the the majority of the guitar leads and stuff you hear were recorded you know directly by her you know a million times but into you know into like the box you know into the into Pro Tool, like in doing a lot of the like digitally kind of weird guitar leads are like sounds that she spent like a year figuring out whether it was like watching tutorials or like listening to stuff and trying to recreate it through plugins and then back to the live room with the amp and and this crazy back and forth process to end up with a lot of those sounds and that's like I th I thought that was insanely impressive that they all especially Rebun Shade but. Dominic and Joe too. That everyone just really had to like level up technically, like in an insane way to, to be able to, for them to be able to to, to pull the, all the, a lot of those sounds off and just figure out how to like make those sounds, you know, without anyone really being able to guide us. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that firstly, but um, yeah, like we just it became so like such a freeing situation because we all I think were like just not going to take no for an answer on any sound like any sonic yeah. idea that we had if he had a gr this grand idea of how it needed to sound i had a really specific way i needed it to be with my stuff shade had that same uh same standards like we just were like we're not this is our chance like we're gonna put as many hours as it takes in to get it to be that what we're imagining mm. you know in the same way where someone makes an amazing movie or amazing show it's like it it only will work if you have that 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 balance of of uh, responsibility in your group and your team. Luckily, we do have like that in the most perfect way. I don't know how it happened. Probably because we grew up together. But just like boot camping it since we were so young. Like yeah. just being yeah. like, and just like everyone ha learning how to work like early on, and just everyone being really grateful, especially in the past couple years that we're able to. Obviously, we do live in a very lowly manner. Don't get me wrong, extremely mm. lowly. But we're able, especially the past couple of years, to really mostly just, I mean, all just focus on the band and only work on the band every day, you know, since the last record came out. And so we're all obviously very grateful for that and make, make sure to always remind each other that that is something not to be taken for granted, not to be lazy yeah. and treat this like because it's a band, it's, it's anything other than you know what everyone else not not work in terms of like we we just have to do it it's it's more like you know i look and see people around me and they work so hard and they got to wake up at 5 a.m and 
go to their job and it's like I'm getting right now at least for this year or two to do this band so and I, I ha we have the ideas so it's like all we got to do is put the work do the work because the mm -hmm. ideas were there and they felt there you know I'm sure one day they won't be there but they're there so it's just about like okay the, this is how we have to do it and this was a very long process we knew and sometimes we would kind of trick ourselves by thinking acting like it wasn't like it's oh it's going to come out and it's like but we knew you know it was months in the studio months just at home together every day you know so yeah we, years. we, we finally had that like confidence of like okay like we can push this to the to the edge right now like in the past it was always kind of like well this is what we're imagining it's not exact it didn't turn out exactly like that but we're going to accept it like to a degree we always kind of had to accept a little bit but going into this one it felt like we finally were just like no settling we're not settling for anything right now we just we took everything no matter what it took if it did usually it would fall on just you know putting in those extra hours of learning how to do something you've never done before but then when it was done it was like oh i can do this and more yeah. and it just kept being like this this pyramid of of work and exploration and is what I think, created this i think people record. i think people who don't make music uh sometimes don't realize that that you tend to have musicians tend to have a sort of sound in their head that they want to create but what's difficult is getting that sound from your head out into pro tools or out into you know a recorded form it is and if you're willing to settle but if you're not it's not you can do it yeah i mean sure. it's just like you can't settle you can't make some reason i mean i talk to so many bands that have so many fucking reasons for this and that and the other and it's like once they start telling me their reasons i'm just I'm just checked out. And I'm not saying that for everyone. There's some people who don't have, like, the. there really are, and I really mean this, like, people who don't have the means to do certain things, and that yeah. I get. But a lot of people's reasons that I've talked to really have nothing to do with that. It's more just that they see a limit for where, where it could be, or they just really aren't, you know, they don't want to take it that far for whatever reason. They don't want to, they're happy the way that they're doing it. And... Sometimes that reflects in the product, and sometimes that kind of product is what people really like because they like to hear something that feels really casual and like that's a lot of just what reminds them of to. stuff they already like. Yeah, but, there, but there's a lot of kinds of and, and there's a lot of that in metal and stuff too because I think people feel like, well, I can play my instrument and we're all together and we're writing songs, so it's like we did it, <laughs> and it's like you know, and a lot of a lot of bands feel like that that are very well-established and that are known as great bands and they kind of get together and write a record and it's no hate on that because that's and their fans like it and it's cool but for us what we wanted want to hear it just requires a lot more deliberation and uh like you know in intensive where does effort. it where does it come from that actual that idea for, i mean i know you said people have the sound in their head rem free um but i'm interested in sort of because even though i like i say we could probably reel off god knows how many bands that this album reminds me of the the way that it's put together doesn't really sound like anything at all to me. So Thank you. is it, are there like bands where you go up a bit of that or is it, or is the idea is the kind of concept more important? I mean, we chatted about you compared forever to a horror movie. Yeah. I would say forever is like a kind of high concept horror movie. I guess yeah. I am King. It'd be like a kind of slasher flick. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like some kind of, Stanley Kubrick sci-fi yeah, psychological like, yeah. yeah it's absolutely more science fiction that's how I see it too mm. yeah I told I see it that way too that's cool I, that's cool that you said that because we kind of talk about it that way too cool so I guess the next one will be like a romantic comedy <laughs> Barry so, Lyndon yeah so is I mean I, I mean for me as somebody who's not a musician at all the idea of just going 
taking inspiration from something like uh, a, a painting or a, a movie or a, or a director or something and going rather than going hey i really like modern hip-hop but i really like kind of 90s road run and you know which i think is yeah, on the record right. a bit yeah but you know um it feels really it would feel really odd to me to even be able to conceive of how you would go we want to make and bands have done it before they have a conceptual idea based around a book or a whatever but yeah like, it's not as one with us not as one dimensional yeah but but dude i make like she they are like forced to read my like dissertations about this shit but i have like lists of i've always kind of done this but and it's not i'm not trying to say i i, I it's just this is kind of like our process a little bit it starts yeah. with you know the i'll bring that to the table and then i'll learn a, a lot from what they the way they see that and 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 just things they everyone in the band likes and we'll build it off that but like this one was high intensive just like whether it was little parts in songs that we liked, whether it was little parts in movies or or just stuff based off our previous stuff. There's, there's you know, I have a list of, like, uh, motifs and, like, themes and stuff in the record and things that come back around and, like, uh, I don't even want to say too much because it... But, like, there's just... it's it There's a... There was just a lot of... Uh, a lot of inspiration, you know, just in trying to keep it all straight in my mind and keep it all cataloged over the past couple years and like write down I, I have a lot of things written down on on this record a lot and like i said i may i asked them not to read it and they're all very nice and read it just so we're all on the same page mm. and then they can come back and level that idea up because a lot of times my idea will be something that's kind of like you know it's a certain you know it can only go to a certain level because i can only really physically do i can't do a lot of what they can do well but yeah. it it helps tremendously like when you're writing like for me if I'm writing and I sit down, like, I can't think about, like, super specifically, like, what I want this riff to sound like band-wise. That doesn't always help me think of anything. But when I, you know, I'm able to look and he, like, writes something out visually of visual ideas of how this should feel and how this should look like yeah. in imagery. Colors. That, and, then and, it just puts yeah. you in, like, a mood Textures. in a setting. Yeah. And then in that way, we're able to all link together in that same kind of general mood and setting. And, like, each person's going to interpret that differently. But that's why, like, all of the, you know, riffs and all the, the electronic ideas and musical aspects are all able to link. Shade's the one who gets pissed at me about that stuff because I'll be, like, trying yeah. to, like, explain that shit to him. <laughs> and, like, sometimes I'm not that nice about it. And, like, he'll just be like, dude, I don't fucking get what you're saying. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like, like, you got to explain this in a different way. And that is a big that's like a good 30% of our process right there is like, yeah. especially me and him. Rebig, I feel like uh, is more open to like getting that kind of stuff and like understands where I'm coming from with that. And with Shade, like his perspective is definitely very different. So while we like a lot of the same stuff and like all the art stuff he does, I think it's awesome. Like I'll, we have to pretty much work side by side on everything because we have to, because he, he like, he'll, he'll interpret like, I like a lot of times with this record, I would kind of describe like the way I wanted to do sound stuff like visually because mm -hmm. I am not a smart musician truly at all. And I don't, I'm stupid when it comes to that true. shit. So I can't, no, no, but like seriously, no, like I, I don't know, like te technically I'm not 
you know, I don't know anything. Their shit they're doing with Pro Tools and Ableton and stuff. Right. I don't do any of that shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I get. I I know like how to get where I want it to get, but I can't operate. I can't even. You just hit back play comes on and it. shout, don't you, Jamie? Dude, I yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, you, we need and just that, talk. Though. I just talk and talk and talk for better and for worse. So I try to explain it like, man. Like a lot of a lot of stuff. Like okay, there's you know the end of the song "Cold Metal Place." There's mm. kind of this like the way it starts, and this was this was like a, a an idea that I had early on that they figured out a really cool way to do that. We got wrong a lot of times, but it's like okay, so we want to have a riff, and then we want it to split into a rhythmic bouncing off of each other riff that is playable. You know, like that's that that they go back and forth and they're offbeat with each other, but it works. And then we want to add the next layer of that into digitally manipulating it. And then we want to add, make it feel like it's going around and around. So it's kind of like swelling like a hurricane and it spits you out right on that outro, right? Yeah. So one, I wanted to mix the record in surround sound, but then we were instantly told that that was like a completely stupid idea. But we will try to do that one day. Oh, but but trying to accomplish that with two speakers left and right yeah. is hard because it's yeah. like, it's hard to make it feel feel like that. So we all just got in on that idea and it took a lot of times, you know, shade worked really hard on it. And then will yip really helped us figure out how mm -hmm. to do it. And he tried a version and it didn't, we use that. And then it like, it was like, we were all kind of like when we came back to mix it with him at the end, cause he worked with us on the demos also a little bit. So he knew all the songs and shit. And then we went and worked with Nick and then we came back to him pretty much. So he realized, eh, like we used like this, for instance, this plugin that visually, once we'd done everything, we used this plugin that visually kind of looked like it did what we were explaining. Like it, it made everything go in a circle, but it didn't really sound like that. So you got to toss that up. Then you got to figure out, okay, so if we have the electronic, you know, go a little bit off center left and, you know, the, the guitar pinch is like right, how we balance it out all technically so it all happens in like that exact right like swirl, you know? So oh, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. It starts off like, I'll try to, now I figured out how to explain it, but I spent a long time trying to explain that, and make it feel like this storm. And Eric would just be like, "Dude, I, like I, it, I don't get what the fuck you're saying." And he would do it, and then I'll be like, "That's whack. That's not what I'm it's saying." It's kind of crazy for um, a hardcore band to sort of have. Uh, and what you're talking about is sort of like a musical director. It's like a director. Yeah, it's it's literally like when I watch like like silly example it's like when i watch like the making of like game of thrones or something it's like yeah. just the way that they talk about how they operate and creating the show it's like each person has like a certain focus of what they're able to do and you need someone to be removed from that technical stuff so you can keep the vision of it clear because mm. whenever you're looking at a computer screen and you're tweaking and like literally tweaking eqs for hours it's like you kind of lose sight of that like bigger picture of the, of the sound and of the song. Yeah. So you always need to like either step back from it and look at it and get out of that little detail and or have him like, you know, with with this vision of how it like what the real goal is, the bigger goal so that you can, you know, it still all makes sense and is still does still feel like a band, mm. you know, cuz that was what really for me was like the main challenge of it is getting it to be like that core band and ha and not having the guitars and the drums and the vibe get lost and like sucked into the computer yeah, she would help remind us of that because me and shade if it's up to me and shade <laughs> and we were left there was a big process where me and shade were like by ourselves working on stuff while they were working on different stuff we'll let it go very far in the electronic direction to the point where like when you go back and listen to it, you're like this isn't really like what we were trying to do because it, it just it's just 
electronic. Yeah. Like we could tell ourselves it's everything we want in the world, but then when we were when you show it to everybody, they're just like, "When the fuck's the band gonna play?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yeah," because Shade doesn't care about that. Shade does not care about the band playing. You know, he really he not in a bad way, but like it's just not what he he is deep into that shit now. So like yeah. to him, you know, that perspective is a little bit warped, which is helpful to us. But like, mm-hmm. it's like a perfect situation. Cause like one in the past, like we would get in the room together and we would do that kind of the same thing, but it, it's so much harder yeah, with, off each other. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's aggravating as heck. And like, you know, it, it's always been that like him kind of, uh, directing the, the way we're going with things and like, you know, mouthing and explaining and in colors and images and, us trying to interpret that, me trying to interpret being that. being so pissed off at me. Literally well, just no. like, make it more orange. I think, <laughs> I think that's, I mean, that's what fuels it. It's like, it's like this, like, where, yeah. where do we go Some next Some people thing? in the band don't, like, are just like, dude, you gotta fucking stop with this shit. I, I think it's great. But, uh, <laughs> it was, it was awesome, like, with this album finally having, like, you know, a new tool and a new way to, like, get an idea fully fleshed out, but then at the same time, like, not having to finish it. It's like I, I I don't like I don't like when I'm I'm sitting alone thinking of an idea of something like having to think oh, I have to finish this this has to be like a song this has to make sense like I don't need to do that at all I can just think of something half like it even and then just send it to we'll him it send it, it to Shade like Shade and it turns it into up. another beast and then he'll send it back I'll send it back Dom will record his stuff Joe will record his stuff put it all together and it just it makes this like unexpected thing it's almost like a long ass game of like telephone or something like yeah. you start with this this idea and it just gets thrown into all different people's grinders of their of their minds there was a couple ideas that shit. me Reba Joe and Dom would work on and we would like really work hard on it and we would send it to Shade and he would just text me like cuz he'll just text you with like one one mean ass sentence like that's just like how he wrote. not like it's not his fault but he'll just like that's just he's just like quiet tell me back to like I don't really see any way I can pursue this or something. I don't it's have like, anything to add to this. <laughs> All right. Like, well, no, it's, it's pretty ask, much did. It's ask Peter track, so it's okay. We'll just yeah, well, so, so some hard shit got left on the cutting room floor because of that. He I think, see where he I think the difficult thing with, like, when you have bands that, like, there's a lot of metal bands who add a lot of electronic inst- um, elements to their sound and in metal particularly, but so often... I think ninety percent of the time, where everything stops and just goes. Bleh, 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 and then well, it starts up again. Yeah. Well, basically, it sounds like a metal band who have added some electronic elements Agreed. on top of it. Sounds very fake too, not exactly. and not in a not in a purposeful way. And you know, there's pros and cons to that. You know, some people will say it's putting us in a corner a little bit because we're at the point where now we get up there and that shit doesn't work. Mm. I mean, yeah. and Josta always dogs on bands because he'll be like, I always listen to his podcast and be like. All the you know these bands who play the tracks. What happens if the tracks cuts out? And I'm always like, he doesn't. I mean, that definitely applies to us. But like, it's so not tracks in the <laughs> yeah. in the in the the way you would think of like backup tracks. It's just like it's a part of now. So you know what I mean? It's not. It can't be done. We put ourselves in a corner in that way, and we'll see. But it's like it can't be done without that stuff now. And Forever was just written differently. We recorded the the music. And then we recorded all the other stuff on top of it, mm. and then we mix it together. That was that was that's because we didn't know any better. Um, we're gonna have to wrap up pretty soon, but I want to ask two more things to you. One is uh, I called your hardcore band uh, a couple of minutes ago. Is that still what you see, Code Orange? As? For me, yeah. We come from hardcore. We love hardcore. Yeah. Like you said, like you were saying about opening for Bane at the Underworld. It's like I fucking love Bane. Yeah. I haven't really met that many bands that. 
I love as much as I love Bane as people or period. You know, like, so a lot of those, I mean, and, you know, obviously there's lots of stuff in hardcore that we've, you know, we've we've had our fair share of problems in hardcore, obviously. But, you know, hardcore is where we come from, and we love hard music. You know what I mean? You can hear on this record, and everyone who was, who was talking shit about, you know, the first song, you've heard the record. Mm. The record's hard. There's a lot of hard parts. There's a lot of, dude, there's a lot of hard, hard parts, you know? And it's it's all still based in that in a lot of ways. Or not all, but that's still a big part of what we love just because that's what we love to listen to. So we come from the hardcore world. Ethically, I feel that we're always going to be a hardcore band. We've put those dues in and learned from those people the way to the way to operate and the way to move. And, you know, uh, we never want to – we don't – you know, I guess we kind of see it differently in terms of, like, that's not going to affect what we choose to do musically. I mean, yeah. We'll just do whatever we like and what we want to do, but there's tons of hard hardcore parts on in way in a way depending on what you're considering hardcore. Yeah. On this record, I mean, more than a lot of shit that people say is hardcore, quote unquote. Mm. I mean, people yeah. from hardcore know we're a hardcore band. Yeah. I mean, we we yeah. we we paid our we have paid our fucking dues. You know mm. what I'm saying? More than a lot of bands. So I mean. I have no. It's it's not like a lot of bands who. There's a lot of bands running around who's saying they're hardcore and this and that. It's like I never saw you. I never saw you <laughs> anywhere. You know what I'm saying? I never even heard of you. You know, so you can go ask whoever, but they know what's up. So I mean, I never, I never worry about that. You know, but I mean, musically, I don't really. I wouldn't. I don't want to put it in one thing just because I feel like if you listen to it, it's like. What are you gonna call? I don't know what you would exactly call it. I don't know. When you think of a but, cool but name energy for it. wise, like that is also what makes us always stick with that. Because like yeah. you know, if you're coming from a different style of music, even metal, it's like there's kind of like a chillness to a lot of metal music. That's like yeah, it's heavy, but like in this kind of like laid back way sometimes. But the reason our band is so intense is all that stuff, that feeling came from from listening to hardcore and growing up in hardcore and like wanting that energetic like intense intensity that only really exists in that form in hardcore music mm. and like that even if the even if the song maybe deviates into this like lushness or this pretty thing or electronic thing it's like it's still that core of like intense energy in whatever mood it is it lives in is always that from hardcore. and the choices we make the choices we make on what shows we choose to play the way way we choose to present our record the way we choose to present everything every every step that we choose to make is rooted from that mindset i mean 100 mm-hmm. percent. Okay. yeah um last thing i'm going to ask you is uh, in a couple of years time am i gonna be talking to you again and be going this guy thinks he's better this fucking record as well he's mad uh, am i gonna uh, be getting that if not so? there's not gonna be one so i mean <laughs> right if we, okay. if we, i mean unless i mean we'll see i mean i don't know what people think about this yet i mean i really appreciate you guys are the fucking the G's because you you're backing it fully in our respect, but we all could look a fool. Maybe it comes out and everybody else thinks it's completely whack, and then we're back. You know what I mean? Whatever. Mm. But I'm sure you. Metal Hammer like it. Yeah, I'll shut up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank God, got one in the pocket. But uh, you know, I don't know what people will think, but if it all just depends what happens. I mean, if if there's no way that we will make something that's not taking it another step, and if it do, if that step doesn't feel like it's code orange, then Maybe we're, we do something else or whatever, you know, but I still see a lot of ways to go with it, 100%. I don't see a clear 
version of what that is, obviously, yeah, because we haven't even done this yet. But like, mm-hmm. I I could see it. I mean, we we have some song. We have like three songs from the end of this one that don't fit on this one at all that are really cool. And, yeah, and that could be a whole another another way to go. So we'll see. You know what I mean? I mean, it, I mean, if I don't think that, then I re- if <laughs> if, you, if I'm if we're talking and I don't think that, then you're we're in trouble. Okay. We're, you know, that means that we've lost it. If yeah. I'm not saying that, you should be like, just don't make it. If I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> just I mean, say when, give it up. When I think of us where we were like four years ago, I'm like, dude, we didn't know anything. Like, we didn't know shit. You know, so if I think in that term, it's like we're all like 26 now. When we're 30, we're going to. I'm going to be out. We're going to be in such a different Lord. place, like mentally. And yeah. with the fact where there's all five of us like pushing each other all the time, it's like, we push each other so quickly. It's like, yeah, by the end of this record, we were writing some shit that if if we put that out, people would be like, well, how did you get there from forever? Mm. So we're already there now. In another four years, like, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what the goal is going to be necessarily, but there's no doubt in my mind that we have somewhere to go with it. It's just like. If nobody likes it, we're getting out the fucking game, though. I'll tell you what. I can't take, I can't take another <laughs> run of just fucking hatred. <laughs> There he is. <laughs> yes, there he is. <laughs> uh, well, guys, um, thanks very much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Good luck yeah, with the records. Um, thank you so much. It's pretty good, right? It's, pre- it's, it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, go and listen to it. It's out my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So there you go. I think that was um, pretty good chat. Oh, lovely. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Good, good, good guys. Good pair of people good pair of people (laughs) (laughs) you know what like despite their intimidating nature they were lovely company they're They're lovely people really um i don't want to break the mystique but they are yeah if you've been listening to this whole thing and you've got to this point you deserve to know that really they're lovely people like yeah sorry jamie out the bag right yeah but you would have been listening to two and a half for two and a half hours (laughs) so you probably deserve to know the secret that in reality they're lovely people thanks very much for listening um like we say underneath is out in a couple of days if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out um just to reiterate what a fucking brilliant record it is um it is agreed (laughs) yeah um hooray metal's been saved yeah Ah. we'll see you soon